Good morning, everyone. If you are able, please rise. If we would bow our heads in prayer, as we say, Lord, we uh, appreciate the opportunity for us to gather here today, and we thank you for the blessings you have bestowed upon us. We ask that you give us patience and perseverance during our trials and tribulations and humility and gratitude with our victories. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Ms. Feetson, would you lead us in the pledges, please? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. On the Texas flag, I pledge allegiance to the Texas one state under God, one and indivisible. All right, gentlemen, I'll make a motion that we open the meeting. Second. Second by Commissioner Brosman. We are open for business. I will, uh, I'm sorry. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. <coughs> Do I hear a motion to approve the minutes from our last meeting? Will we approve the minutes from the previous meeting, June 22nd, 2023? Motion has been made by Commissioner Brosman. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternadel. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Next item on the agenda is public comments. We have two people who have signed in for public comments, Sam Wilson and Diana Wilson. Plano, Texas. 
While a lot of frustration has been assigned to CHC, the fact is that had it not been for CHC, the hospital would have closed a long time ago. CHC has repeatedly brought cash to operations and has brought a range of expertise and services that the hospital, for whatever reasons, has not been able to secure in the past. And while the board of the hospital also bears some criticism in the community, the current board has not always had many options. They are unpaid volunteers, and having met all of them, we believe they have done what they could do to meet the challenges at the time with integrity and their hearts are in the right place. So here's Sam to talk specifically about C8 at Hospital Center of Excellence and the plans for the hospital. So with all that said, it is time for a change. <clears throat> and after numerous attempts by several groups to address the challenges at the hospital have not panned out, five local and dedicated community members formed the Hospital Center of Excellence, a nonprofit Texas corporation. None of us are looking for a job. None of us are receiving any compensation. We want to ensure that the hospital continues to deliver quality health care to the residents of Lee and Fayette County with a keen focus on quality health care experience at St. Mark's. We bring a fresh perspective. We bring experience in a range of areas and industries that have not been previously involved. That expertise allows us to look at the problem with a fresh eye. Uh, it challenges the way things are being done today, offer innovative solutions, and recruit new talent and then act on those recommendations. Many people have told me that this problem is just too complex and you cannot fix this. <clears throat> well, I've traveled and worked in countries all over the world and tackled challenges that are more complex than this. I've not met a challenge in my entire career that I could not bring the leadership and expertise to solve. With the help of the community and leaders like yourselves, we will get this hospital back online. To date, we have spent over 600 hours studying the problem and over the last two weeks, we've spent over 200 hours meeting with over 140 individuals tied directly with SMMC, plus over 100 community members, some of which have agreed to help us with the roughly $8.5 million in equity funding that we think will be required to address the financial challenges. Our plan is to execute a corporate member substitution, and that will replace CHC as a single member of SMMC with HCOE. <clears throat> That approach will keep payer contracts, the mortgage, and other critical contracts in place. Current employees will be secure, and no employment transfers or application process will be required. We'll continue to contract with CHC for a very select set of services during a period of transition that might span the course of a year. Those services will include the group purchasing organization, which we can access with no fee to CHC for discount purchasing, and support of the IT system and medical records software that is just too critical to attempt to transition on day one. We will also need to reconstitute the board almost entirely due to a combination of term limits. Uh, the corporate member substitution will take some of those board members and replace them. Some members desire to step off the board and the need to open seats for new equity investors will naturally want to see and at the table to ensure that the hospital is on plan. We will have a clean start. Once we transition, targeted for September 1st of this year, our plans include, as soon as practical, opening general and orthopedic surgery, along with endoscopy. These will be done on an outpatient basis with observation, which can be overnight as required. And we will do this within the bounds of the Rural Emergency Hospital designation, highly beneficial as it brings 
about 3.3 million in relatively unrestricted federal funding from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. We will then focus on bringing other specialty service lines to fully utilize the hospital, including things like urology, ENT, dialysis, infusion, perhaps even ophthalmology. We're reaching out to all of the primary care and specialty providers in the area to build relationships that bring patients to St. Mark's. And you'll be pleased to know we're planning to bring the dining room back online, serving that great fried chicken and maybe some healthy options as well. So far, CHC and the staff of SMMC have been highly cooperative. CHC has generously agreed to leave $1.44 million in receivables owed to them on the table. Um, we have legal counsel and hospital transaction experts working with us to address the challenges that have surfaced and we're still on track. We will be reaching out to the community starting next week to solicit equity funding through a form of tax advantage borrowing. Our team has pledged to be transparent about our efforts to meet this challenge and have established a website as well as a Facebook page and are meeting with community groups to answer questions about our plans and progress. We will be better off when St. Mark's is providing a range of medical services so desperately needed in our community as a senior center of excellence in healthcare. Thank you for your time and I look forward to coming back to this body periodically to uh, provide additional updates as we progress to transitioning the hospital. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Wilson and Mrs. Wilson. Do I have a motion to approve public comments? I move we accept comments from Mr. and Ms. Wilson and close public comment. Motion has been made by Commissioner Birkenhoff. Second. Second by Commissioner Brosman. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Item number three on the agenda is consider and take appropriate action in possibly entering into a burn ban. Uh, Emergency Management Coordinator Angela Hahn is with us. Angela? Um, my recommendation is based on the current conditions that we do implement a burn ban. Uh, the, I realize that we've had some rain, but we don't have any forecast of any stick in the future and be dry and hot, so that would be my recommendation. Uh, we did have rain, but I think in Commissioner Birkenhall's precinct, you had little or none, right? Yes, we yeah. no rain. A couple of tents. Well, I know, Angela, when you make this recommendation, you've done your research. I know you've visited with firemen and throughout the area. So does anybody have any objection to or any thoughts about not putting in a burn van, or what are y'all's thoughts? I agree with what Angela said. It's getting drier and drier. We had rain for a little while, but it's not lasting long. It's supposed to be super hot next week, so a little bit of moisture we got is going to be gone for sure. So I agree. Is that a motion to approve it? Else. Okay, we've got a motion to approve. I move to we approve implement into entering into a burn ban for Fayette County. Motion's been made to implement a burn ban in the Fayette County effective immediately. Uh, second? Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Okay, officially we are on a burn ban. Are we signing that right now, Ms. Austin? No, sir, we can do that later, but I can send out an email to dispatcher. Yeah, if you don't mind, Steve, I appreciate it. Thank you. I know I uh, see Chief Novisky there. I know you, that was along your line of thinking as well, right, Chief? Absolutely. Okay, very good. Thank you. Thank you all. Uh, Mr. Sternoddle is not with us this morning. He is uh, a little under the weather. So the next few items we are going to attempt to tackle without Mr. Sternoddle. 
Uh, the first item is number four, consider and take appropriate action concerning the following applications, requesting the division of real property, Mr. Harvey Lee Albers, located in Precinct 2, Johannes van der Vluten, I butchered that pretty bad? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sound good to me. Located in Precinct 2, Paul <coughs> Koholi II and Jenna Koholi, located in Precinct 2, and Holmes Y. Hemosis in Precinct 1. As I say, Clint is not with us this morning. Well, I've got with Clint uh, earlier on these the ones that are in Precinct 2 and I think uh, all looks pretty good. I, did you do the one on Barone Road? On Barone, yes. That's coming up on a few items. Mm -hmm. That's number eight. Right. And uh, Clint was explaining to me that the flag lots were, there's all well located in the front. Well, are we going to discuss that on number eight? Oh, that's a, that's a okay. Miss Austin, did uh, did you have any conversation with Clint? In uh, other words, is he? Uh, I did. I mean, his. I think his recommendation would be to approve all these. It looks like the Albers one is dividing into two tracks. The smallest one is five acres, um, and I believe it meets all the uh, county requirements there. Um, for gluten. Um, that's a 2.4 and a 2.48. Um, I believe that is the same there. Meets all the requirements. Um, the Scioli ones, let's see. That's a uh, two tracks, two acres each. Um, those meet the requirements as well. Um, they both have road frontage um, there. One appears to be uh, a flat lot, I think, there. Um, and then the uh, <coughs> Harmonis one, um, two and a half and uh, 50 acres. And that one, just so everybody That's knows, that is not on Rogers Trail. That is on Bear Creek Road, which is a <coughs> public road. Rogers Trail is private. Just they live on Rogers Trail. That's why the, that's on the other. The one with the two acre tracks on what is that lane in the middle drawn out? Um, you know? I think it's just a mistake. Oh, okay. I yeah, just, I, I, okay. I think so. I, I don't, don't know, know if that was a designated road or what the um, Okay. No, sir. Um, I don't know if it was just maybe there was a fence there. I'm, I'm not real sure. It looks like a poor sketch. <laughs> so, Miss Austin, so I'm clear about this. Are you saying that in your conversation with Clint, he was recommending approval of these? Yes, sir. I've got you down, Mr. Burnson, as wanting to discuss this item. Yes, sir. I, I, I support everything on there. I, I went through it all. It all looks pretty good to me, but I have a couple comments. Sure, go ahead. On the Holmes buy-in track, um, they're selling the house, and the way they've shown the sketch on this house is that northeast line is very close to the house, and we don't know where the septic system is, and that's something that's often overlooked when they do these things. I don't know if this is, you know, this is probably on, on here for a variant, so they're probably not going to come back with this survey, and I just, I just want to confirm that. So if we approve this today, he's not coming back with anything else, so he's going to have his permission to do this 2.5 acres, and it'll be up to him to make sure his septic is on the right parcel? I would think so. Okay. And then, I'll, uh, actually, my other comment is on number five. 
Okay. I just wanted to point out, you know, I, I see these things and I see trouble here. And I just want to confirm the county's not going to be looking at that. So this isn't coming back to y'all again. It's right. on the, the, the landowner to make sure that they do this correctly. I would think that Clint would have looked at it, though, because he's in charge of the septic also. So I would think he would think about that. <clears throat> I doubt he went out there. Send a courtesy call to the, the realtor. Uh, Lindemann, who's on this, and just let them know because it hasn't been surveyed yet. It, right. they, they have right. a note on here exactly. Yeah. So I maybe that kind of stuff when I'm out there. But mm -hmm. I'll let her know because I mean, it's really truthfully, if, if it ends up on the neighbor's property, I mean, that neighbor can dig it up at any time. Dude, that's their property. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, there's no variance being granted here for a septic. So it's they need to make sure it's on their. If this goes back to the subdivision project I've been working on. I'm going to have some suggestions down the road, but this, there's a reason why I'm bringing up this question. I think it's a problem the county needs to address over time. Not necessarily today, but I'm pointing out the issues that I see today. It is sometimes the like people buying property, they don't have, they don't think about asking where the, you know, if it's an old septic on there, when they've got to redo that, do they have enough room to for the drain lines and all that? Yeah. I stuff. think we're going to get rid of our septic buffer, but in the meantime, we still have a hundred foot buffer. Sure. The septic's supposed to be hundred foot from a property line, so you've got a property line real close to the house. If that if that septic goes this direction. It may not be on the property, and then you're not going to have your hundred foot buffer. Yes. And you know, I'm generally supportive of this. I'm just pointing out these technicalities because, again, later down the road, I'm going to make some suggestions. Thank you, uh, Mr. Austin. I'll ask you one more time. No doubt in your mind that Clint was suggesting we approve this. Correct. Yes. Sir. Okay. With that said, I'll make a motion that we approve item four, and that's the requesting the division of real property, Harvey Lee Albers, precinct two, Johannes Van Der Bluten. Precinct 2, Paul Cioli, the second, and Gina Saloi, Precinct 2, and Holmes Y. Villamonis in Precinct 1. I'll second that. Seconded by Commissioner Sternaudel. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Mr. Bernson, you also want to speak on number 5. And before we hear from you, Mr. Bernson, I want to lean on Miss Austin one, one more time here. Clint, you had conversation, and he is suggesting we uh, go along with this? Yes, we had already previously approved the preliminary plat of this. Um, not sure on the exact date, but... Um, okay. Taking appropriate action in approving the final plat from Terry Ward of Hartfield at the Roundtop Subdivision yeah. Precinct 2. Yeah, we had the preliminary. This is just a follow on. Mr. Burnson? Yeah, and I just wanted to say, I, this, this sketch is not legible in this packet. I don't know if you guys have been able to see anything other than what's in this packet. When I sat down to look at it, it's a poor scan image. And I would suggest that when y'all take these subdivision applications, y'all request PDF versions so that we can read them. I don't know if y'all were able to read this thing. But yeah, I was, out there with the, I was out there with the owners and the contractors and looked at theirs, and it's, it's a lot. I mean, the, the lot shapes look good, but you know, I would read all this, everything else on the plat, but it's just not legible. I, I think that's a yeah. bad policy. I mean, after meeting with them out there, I didn't see anything on there that did what uh, caused uh, me not to believe that it was all okay. You want to put that in the form of a motion, Mr. I Mr. do. I move that we approve the final plat from uh, Terry Ward for the Hartfield Roundtop Subdivision. Motion by May by Commissioner Sternaudel. Second. Second by Commissioner McGroom. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Item number six, consider and take appropriate action in recognizing the following private roads for mapping purposes only. Hartfield, 
Hill Lane and Hartfield Meadow Lane in uh, Commissioner Sternaudel's precinct. Yes, these are, these are the two roads that are going to be in the subdivision that we had just reviewed. And I moved that we approved it. For mapping purposes only, the names of the two following roads as private roads. Second. Motion been made by Commissioner Sternaudel, seconded by Commissioner McBroom. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Item number seven, consider and take appropriate action in approving the preliminary plat from Pecan Creek Ranch of Pecan Creek Subdivision located in Commissioner McBroom's Precinct 4. Er, check, check that, Commissioner Grossman's Precinct 4. Sorry about that. No, I met with Clint about it, and it's off of FM 1965 in Holman out there, and uh, this is just a preliminary. I'm going to meet with Befco and make sure because in that area, and there's a creek that flows right through there, and there's a lot of water that comes through there. So I want to make sure that they have the proper drainage going underneath the roadway and everything to where later on, whenever we take it over, it won't be a problem for the county. But as far as the tracks and everything, it's all good. So I move that we approve the preliminary plat from Concrete Ranch on the Concrete Subdivision located in Precinct 4. Motion has been made by Commissioner Roseman. Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Next item on our agenda, consider and take appropriate action in approving the final plat from SBA Investments Groups Incorporated of Near Lake View Subdivision in Commissioner uh, Sternaudel's Precinct of Two. Uh, what do you have to say about that one? <laughs> <laughs> I want to say that the PDF looks beautiful. <laughs> Clearly legible, lots of space. I don't have a problem with it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I'm to approve the preliminary plat uh, from SBA Investments Group Incorporated for the Near Lake Views Subdivision. Okay. Motion's been made. Final, final, plat. final plat. Sorry. Motion's been made by Commissioner Sternaudel. Second. Second by Commissioner McBroom. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Okay, as I mentioned earlier, Clint Sternaudel is ill today, and we will not have his monthly report. So we will move along to the next item. No. Um, no? It's on there. Um, yeah. He does have it printed out Okay. Yes, yeah. sir. I can okay. get a copy for you if okay. you wanted to, okay. to look All at right. it. Um, Septic permits issued, 27. Previous month was 31. Inspections completed. 27, previous month 28, development permits 14, previous month 22, divisions of property 12, previous month 6. Breaking that down in precincts, 1, the number is 3, 2, the number is 4, precinct 3, the number is 2, and precinct 4, 3. accept the report from Clint Sternaudel. Motion's been made and uh, by Commissioner Brosman to accept Clint Sternaudel's report. Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Discussion concerning county road maintenance bond and taking action that the court needs, means uh, deems necessary. Ms. Austin, in your mind, should we 
delay this and Clinton since Clint is not here not um, we I don't know if we really I'll need to him. I think uh, we we had right. spoke with Clint on the subject and uh, I don't really know if we want to delay it I think we need to discuss a little bit and go forward with it yes, uh, sir. let's do that at the time when we had went from one year of uh, road bond maintenance we had upened it to three years and after speaking with Clint and uh, some of the contractors and investors and some surrounding counties and also some bonding companies, they felt that three years was a little far out and they made uh, recommendations that two years is a is pretty good stretch already. Um, we have some surrounding counties that are up to two years. Uh, I don't think any of them are beyond that. And... Uh, I just, I just think that after speaking with Clint and the way we have our road, uh, our specs on what these contractors, the way they have to design these roads, we're using TxDOT specs, which means that they are building one heck of a road. And we feel, I, I personally feel that I was out yesterday with these contractors and the way they, we're designing these roads now, I don't really see that. I personally don't feel any need to go beyond a two-year road bond because if, if we approve the road, the condition they have them now, I don't think between the two-year and the three-year it's going to change anything. And these bonding companies, it's a little difficult for some of these contractors to get a bonding company to go past two years. So my opinion is that we could. I would like to see us change it to two years instead of three years. <coughs> It really don't make any difference. I mean, no. It needs to be two or three, but I'm I mean, one isn't long enough. Yeah. No. Well, then, two is two. There was also some discussion on possibly looking into having them sell 50% of the tracks, and that would almost be impossible because an investor can go in there and buy five or six tracks and maybe not do anything with them, and then all of a sudden sell them. So that that would be almost impossible for the county to keep up with. So. You know, that's why I was thinking we, we thought that maybe a two-year and just... I agree. I had conversation with Clint. It's a good point. Commissioner Sternadel, I think you bring up a good point. And so you want to make that as a motion? That we change the bond from three years to two years? I, I do. Commissioner Sternadel makes that motion. Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Next item, uh, item number 11. You're a busy man today. I am. Not <laughs> just today, Judge. Not just today. I, I, believe me, I didn't mean it any other way. <laughs> Consider and take appropriate action in recognizing the fi following private roads for mapping purposes only. How do you say that? Elo? Yeah. Elo Ranch Road and Trailer Park Road in your precinct. Go ahead, sir. Elo Dean Ulrich owned this trailer park for many a year down there and had a very unfortunate accident took the life of him and his wife uh, in the Carmine area on 290 there and the children would like to uh, as you can see it's uh, it's a private road it's just a strictly for mapping purposes only so instead of the trailer park road which will remain inside the trailer park but the road going in they would like to name it the Ilo, Ilo Ranch Road uh, I'm assuming that's uh, in the family name, and, and I don't see any reason why we wouldn't, wouldn't do that. So I moved that we approve the, um, 
the name of the roads for mapping purposes only. Okay, a motion has been made by Commissioner Sternoddle. Second. Second by Commissioner McBroom. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, motion carries. Uh, our next item, I know Ms. Hahn had to leave and I don't see Josh here. It was, Josh here? No, 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 yes, I'm just saying it. They had asked that we defer this okay. item. Okay. This item, consider, uh, consider and take appropriate action improving a resolution applying for grant funds through the LCRA's grant program, agreeing to contribute a minimum 5% match and authorizing the county judge to sign all necessary documents. As you just heard Ms. Austin state, it is the preference of Angela and Josh who is going to present this that we uh, table this item until the next meeting. I'll make that motion. Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Next item, I think Ms. Feetsum, you're going to speak to this. Consider and take appropriate action in setting a date for a public hearing concerning the county clerk archive plan for the year 2024. Yes, I am asking to set the date for for the public hearing to be Thursday, August 10, 2023 at 9 a.m. in the Commissioner's Court. And that is my annual public hearing that I have to have um, just to bring to the Commissioner's what I plan to do with the money in my account for the archiving. That's just a regular meeting. I move we set the date for a public hearing concerning the county clerk archives plan for 2024 for September. What was the date again? August 10th. I'm sorry, August 10th, 2023. At 9 a.m. At 9 a.m. Motion's been made by Commissioner McBroom. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternoddle. All in favor say aye. Aye. Uh, opposed? Motion carries. All right, September the 10th. August the 10th. <laughs> August the 10th. 9 a.m. 9 a.m. All right. <clears throat> Next item. Commissioner Birkenhoff, I think you're going to speak to this. Consider and take appropriate action in amending an order concerning the speed limit on Creamer Creek Road in your precinct, which was signed September 22 of 22. Yeah, we, uh, we had re reworked a bunch of the road, and uh, the citizens had come to me and asked about the speed limit on it. So they originally asked to set it at 35, and I thought that was a little slow. So we had set it at 40. Well, <clears throat> There's a lot of people come off 77, cut through that road, come down Creamer Creek, and they jump on, they cut through instead of going down a bluff. A lot of them come from, uh, from the Holstein area, come that direction. So the traffic is really, when, when you get past um, Panorama, the Country Club, there's a home right there, there's a little curve there, and the road is you know, a lot nicer now, so when you put a new road in, people drive about 10 miles faster. So they had asked me if we can amend the motion, to, to lower it to 35, and Cassie got this done for me, but I didn't have a chance, Blake, to ask, to really get Blake's legal opinion if we can just amend it to 35. I would like to lower it back to 35, and then it would, I think that'll help a lot. But I don't want to do just one portion, I'm going to do the entire road, and it gets people confused when part of it is 40 and part of it is 35. So I'd like to do all of Creamer Creek to set it at 35 miles per hour. Okay, Mr. Yeah. Watson, your thoughts on that? Yeah, no problem. Do we, do we need to do a whole other public hearing, though? I think because the initial public hearing was 40. 40, yes. Right. Um, 
I think that probably would be wise, okay. which is what I was about to recommend. That okay. We just have a reset maybe for the next agenda item, have it as a public hearing, and then do it that way. And I don't think it'd be a problem with better savings. So we can go ahead and authorize, though, to set that date now. Right. So, so the, the meeting will be day. July 27th? Is that our next commission? Can we get the posting in time? I think so. Okay. And, it, it may, and then with a lot of the construction on 77 now, a lot of people use that. Oh, road. yeah. And so. Definitely. Uh, we'll get it. Can you get it Friday? That's fine. It have to be Tuesday. You just, they understand that we're, I told them we may have to do a public hearing. It's so. the 10th day. So. It'll be the first one in August. That would be, yeah. We so can push it off to August. Yeah. Um, it would be August 10th. Okay. Okay, so you're going to make a motion, Commissioner Birkenhoff, or anyone else who would like to, saying that we are going to have a public hearing at a future date? We're, I move that we set a public hearing for August 10th at 9 a.m. for a public hearing for lowering the speed limit on Creamer Creek Road. Excellent. I'll second that motion. All in favor say aye. Uh, aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Very good. Okay, uh, Commissioner Brosman, I have you down to speak on this next item, item 15, consider and take appropriate action concerning entering into a contract with Unifirst for county uniform. Well, I was upset with our service and uh, made a bunch of calls to Unifirst and they tried to correct a bunch of it, but I told them that we're going out for bids because I wasn't happy with their services, so I got their bids along with a bunch of other ones. And Unifirst completely beat everybody else by a long shot it wasn't even close and so i guess if we're going to have crappy service we might as well have cheap crappy service <laughs> 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 but, <laughs> so uh but they lowered the they lowered the prices and everything and like i said they've been getting a little bit better with the services and stuff like that and so uh i know we don't have the prices on here right now um i, I had an issue with them too we we have one get general a new employee and it's been since um, May, that his uniforms have been ordered. And I called him, and they said, well, we have one set left, ready. And I was like, if you send one set, he can wear it Monday, and then the rest of the week he doesn't have a uniform. So I said, send them all at one point. They said, we'll get the, um, the salesperson to call you, and we'll try to figure out what's going on. And as of today, I haven't heard back from him at all. Uh, so, and I, I really, none of the guys had any complaints until just the last three, four weeks, and it's really... But I mean, I you know I didn't I haven't seen any bids. I didn't know we went out for bids for those things. But I there's a lot cheaper. We're gonna probably have to stick with them. But yeah. But I'm gonna make some more phone calls today. And well, let them know that I had a similar good. conversation with my route driver, and uh, I informed him about the service, and we we've, we we come a long way from where we were a couple months ago. They started replacing the guys' uniforms with new ones. He said it's not going to happen all at one time. They replace five or six sets, and then they come back. And so far, that's why they, you're not getting any. Yeah, I'm getting more. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm, I've I've seen a significant improvement. So, yeah. it's looking up, at least in my precinct. Okay. So we're going to get another contract next meeting. Yeah, because you didn't have the contract yet. Yeah. So basically, we're just accept all comments and defer. I move we accept all comments on the uniforms and defer this item to a future meeting. Okay, motion's been made by Commissioner McBroom. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternoddle. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Okay, our next item, consider and take appropriate action on a resolution authorizing the disposition of salvage and surplus property 
a vehicle in, in accordance with local government code 263.152-158 with said property be deep to be offered for sale online auction or trade-in. Chief Deputy Noviski is with us. That's uh, three of the older chargers. One doesn't have a transmission in it. We just need to make them surplus so we get rid of them. Okay. So uh, the court, you're asking the court to approve that. So, yeah, to declare them surplus so we can sell them on. We're probably going to sell them on Renee Bay. Okay. All, the, all three that you have listed? All three. Some three. Okay. Uh, so move. There we go. Very good. Two of them don't run. Very good. Thank you, Chief. Can motion. I, yes. Can I ask a question before y'all put that in the motion? Since it did not say vehicle on it, and Paul had all his salvage property, can it be that all of the salvage property be declared surplus for sale? <clears throat> so what we have, I've reached out to a bunch of the different departments countywide. We have a bunch of uh, old desk chairs, stuff that we've been picking up, storing it all at the recycling or the old jail, and we just would like to move some of this stuff and, and get it out of the way. It's been sitting there for years. Uh, we have different departments go over there and pick up stuff, and of course more gets brought in, and we inherited some of this from the Pioneer Bank building. We used, we put to use a lot of this stuff, but there, there's just an excess amount of chairs that are really not worth keeping. And, uh, we can run it in the auction and <coughs> recycle what we can after that or whatever you want. So you want to combine the chargers from Sheriff Department plus the miscellaneous well, uh, items you have? You just declare it surplus. Yeah, so just declare it surplus. Deputy Zimmerman said he reached out to me and had some lights and different things. Uh, AMS has some stuff. We had the tax assessor, there's old cash drawers that they, uh, you know, upgraded on and, and different things. We have a bunch of chairs from James. We would do lots that we would sell, take a picture of selling them on an A-bot base of things that we've been forfeited to us that don't have to be declared surplus, but you would have to declare the chairs and stuff. And stuff. Everything would be on Renee Bates. Correct. Yeah, so, I, don't, so I don't think that that's an issue. Uh, if we get a photograph of all of the stuff that would be included in pure bulk salvage, we can attach it as the amendment to the, the order that has the court before it So you're saying, Mr. Watson, that it's okay if we approve this and not using the word vehicle in, in it? Right, and then we'll amend what would be signed by the court to include the photographs and identification of the stuff at the recycling. So I move we authorize the disposition of salvage and surplus property in accordance with the local government code would said property be offered for sale at online auction or trade-in for the sheriff's department vehicles and also the miscellaneous items that Paul Zablak will Understood. send to the uh, auditor's office in a packet. Yes. I understand, so I'll, so I'll second it. <laughs> All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Our next item, acknowledge and acknowledge the fiber service upgrade of Colorado Valley Telephone Cooperative to install new buried cable optic cables and cop copper cables within the corridors of Hackamack Road Precinct 2. <clears throat> I 
Any discussion about that? Commissioner Sternall, that's in your no, briefing. No, just some more rooting in my road ditches. I'll uh, take that as a motion to accept it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> motion to accept the uh, uh, fiber service Sorry. upgrade the Colorado Valley Telephone, seconded by Commissioner McBroom. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Our next item, accept and approve the written plan of Fayette Water Supply to place a new four-inch casing for a two-inch water line to bore under Barone Road in Precinct 2 and to place and install new water service line and meter the property located at ID 22506 and requiring Fayette Water Supply to make repairs of any damage done to the roadway, sides, ditches, road of, right of way of Barone Road and do paving work, compacting and restoring the roadway, sign, ditches and right of way all back to a finished natural grade. I so move. Motion's been made by Commissioner Sternoddle to approve this. Second. Seconded by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. <clears throat> Our next item, accept and approve the written plan of Fayette Electric Cooperative to bore under Von Minden Street, Precinct 1, and place a new 8-inch water main line to serve Fayette Electric Cooperative headquarters and requiring Fayette Electric Cooperative to make repairs of any damage done to the road, sides, ditches, and right-of-way of Von Minden Street, and to do paving work, compacting and restoring the roadways, sides, ditches, and right-of-way, all back to a finished natural grade. I so move. Motion's been made by Commissioner McBroom Second. to accept this. Seconded by Commissioner Sternoddle. All in favor say aye. Aye. Uh, opposed? Motion carries. <coughs> Next item is consider and take uh, appropriate action. Consider and take appropriate action on multiple bids of property not sold at the sheriff's sale. Cause numbers 2994, LaGrange Independent School District. Ms. Austin, are you speaking to this? Um, yes, I can. So we have several bids for the same um, cause number. Um, all of them were um, reviewed at the school board. Um, they rejected most, or all of them, except for, I'm trying to find the one thing. Um, yes. Yes, sir. From um, Mr. Joseph Ross. We actually have two yes. people to speak on this item, is that okay. correct? Yes. yes. Uh, Mr. Bernson and Mr. or Ms. Kimberly Gerard, <coughs> who would like to go first? Mr. Gerard? I just have questions. Yes, sir. Okay. Ms. Gerard, go ahead, please. Yeah. Um, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Um, I went in the last of May and I put a bid in and I talked to um, a senior employee down at the appraisal and she handed me a packet um, and showed me where out of the packet I fill in paperwork. And so that's what I did. And then um, I went and applied the four sealed bids. And in those bids, I went from, I put in uh, a bid on the property, okay? Um, 
So I hadn't heard from anybody for quite a long time, so I finally went in to ask her what, if she'd heard anything, and she just told me that there were four bids that had made, been made on that property, but she didn't tell me if they were accepted or what. So uh, that weekend, um, I happened to be with a friend of mine who's a real estate agent. She asked me which property it was, and she looked it up, and then I found out that the um, their price value was different than what I received in this packet, and I didn't know that. So I went ahead on Monday, which was the third, and reapplied a new bid, um, thinking because I didn't know if it been if it had been accepted or not at that point. And I thought, well, I, I did this all wrong because I had the wrong, this unknowingly, she probably didn't know either, handed me the wrong information on that. And so all I'm asking if you could uh, maybe delay or what you call it, defer, and consider the bid that I had put in um, on the third. It's down at the appraisal um, with Mr. Mooney, this senior that takes care of that, he has the sealed bids on his desk at, as of yesterday. And so that's, that's I just want to have um, consideration of, now I have the information, the, the right information. I okay, so when you, when you resubmitted your bid on the third, uh -huh. was it considered then by the school board? No, because um, I, I guess they'd already had their meeting for that. But I didn't know if it'd been, if they had approved or disapproved anything. So all I knew was there had been four bids put in and then I had found out a difference in the the real estate, the what the um, appraisal had for that. Okay, <clears throat> let, let, let me see if I can uh, make this statement and you tell me if I'm understanding you correctly. Okay, thank you. Uh, you <clears throat> were one of five people who submit, submitted bids that were not sold at sheriff sale. And the, and, the, and the property you bid on had been unsold, if you will, for some time. Two thousand and five. So when you went to get your application mm -hmm. to fill it out, mm -hmm. there was an incorrect appraisal of the prop of the worth of the property at that time. Yeah, and I yeah, which was in this packet I was given, and she showed me where to put it in in the bid. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you f and out. and you feel <clears throat> that because of that, it was an unfair process. Yes. Is that our determination or is that the school? <clears throat> but every one of these applications has the same appraised value on there. Because if you look at appraisal district's current appraised value is 4630. I didn't have that though. It's mm -hmm. on your, I think it's on the one. Uh -uh. So. Mr. Bernson, you want to speak to this? When was the deadline for bids to be received? We don't know that because it goes to the appraisal yeah, district goes, and then goes to the school so board first. And just so you know, we usually take the recommendation of the school board because they have the largest, I mean, they sure. they have the largest amount of tax, so they get the largest share of the, yeah. the property. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, if somebody bids more than me, 
but it, the I, I don't care. It's just the problem now is the bids have been open, yeah. so everybody knows. I mean, it's public record what that bid is, so it's hard to accept your bid when everybody knows what the there's no sealed bid anymore because it's all out in the open. Yeah, it's public knowledge. Where is that? I mean, it's it's. Oh, really? It's already been through school board, so it's so it's open yeah. records. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's in the minutes packet for this meeting. Yeah. Oh, okay. All bids. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, okay. Well. Um. But I think everybody put on there forty six thirty. I'm trying to find yours. It's, it's in there's all page sixty nine. Yeah, it does kind of appeal that if there's an appeal process to the appraisal board since they're the ones that were doing they're the ones that gave you the misinformation and they're the ones that were running the sealed bid process uh -huh. okay um yesterday we were spoke to them and um he just said that he had them on his desk he didn't really advise me after that but to mr watson you got the picture what's your position on this I did, um, and I uh, apologize. Um, these two and I weren't able to meet until this morning, right before court, to look at the documentation that she was provided. So um, I, have, I haven't spoken to anyone at the appraisal district. I haven't spoken to uh, to Mr. Mooring. I did uh, call it to TAC, and I talked with the attorneys up there. Um, and from a purely legal perspective, um, the county wouldn't be required to to. Uh, you reject all the bids and reopen the bids unless there was some process where there was a flaw on the county's part for the bidding process, like we didn't get our notice out properly or the notice had wrong information and it's people didn't know what they were bidding on, uh, that kind of stuff. From our side, from the legal side, the burden is kind of on the bidders to gather information, determine evaluation, and then they can choose how much or how little to, uh, to, to bid. So. Um, the court does have discretion in, in whether or not they would like to award a bid today. We, we don't have to do that. Um, but uh, we also don't have to reopen it for bids if we don't, if we want to move forward with the information we give. And like Mr. Uh, Commissioner McFroom said, um, you know, now that information is public record, um, what, what everybody has bid on that. So, um, yeah, we could be opening up a can of worms here, but by the same token, if we're part of this process, and the process in the beginning with the appraisal district and the school district was was flawed. It doesn't seem particularly fair to this party, in my opinion. And, uh, right. And and, and 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 what would be improper of delaying it and giving her time to? Nothing. There would there wouldn't be anything improper with us postponing awarding a bid on this. For a while, but the resolution to it, you know, in order for her current bid, like she's requesting, to be considered, uh, we would have to completely reopen the bid process and let everyone rebid on that. But who runs? I mean, the appraisal district runs this. We don't. Right. We don't. The school have doesn't any, do it. I mean, it's right. all done through the appraisal district. So we right. don't really the only thing we can work. really do is 
not award a bid and just kind of kick the can down the road and maybe buy some time. That's really our only available option. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't it be best just to defer this and get some more information from the appraisal district? Sure. And just I, I don't bring know. Back the next meeting. I don't know if it's incumbent upon us to get the information. I would say defer it, and it's incumbent upon her to see if she can start the process anew or whatever. Sure. So having said that, I, I move we defer action on this item till our next meeting. Thank you, Judge. Well, we haven't voted on that yet. Second. <laughs> <laughs> Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. We're on item 21, right? Yes. Yeah. Authorize the following class request. County Judge and Guardianship Administrator Tama Bullock Thomas to attend the Texas College of Probate Judge Conference August 30th through September 1 in San Antonio. Also, Linda Swerchik, District Clerk, to attend the 2023 County and District Clerks Association Fall Conference held September in College Station. Sheriff Keith Karenik, Drug Interdiction Sergeant Randy Tuman and Drug Interdiction Investigator David Smith to attend the Motor Vehicle Criminal Interdiction Conference August in New Orleans, Louisiana. And that latter one to be paid out of Fortifer funds. So moved. Motion's been made by Commissioner Brosman. Second. Seconded by Commissioner McBroom. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Next item, consider and take action concerning the approval of payment of currently due bills. Did y'all receive the bills and do y'all have any questions on any of them? Yes. I meant to ask earlier, but the airport utilities, I mean, one is for the, the, the main office, but there's another large charge. I mean, I guess it just is just a it's always been that way, but I just never thought about it. But maybe it's just the fingers, the and maybe the fingers together that is the largest charge. Can we take a ten minute break for the reason for the rest of it? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The other question I had was the the vehicles for probation that were on here. Adult probation. Just questioning the proper procurement, but our assistant county attorney is not in the room right now because that's two vehicles at the same time. And the other thing is, it's not even in the district where the vehicles are being purchased. I mean, I checked with Blake before I paid the bills, the two of them, because uh, she had looked for two of them. Both of them, one was like 33,000, the other one was 47,000. And um, I checked with him because of it being for two different adult probation counties. One was Waller, one was Austin County. He said as long as I had paid them separately, since they were two different ones, that we didn't have to go out for this. I'm just concerned that it's the same. I mean, it's a state entity. The state procurement says $50,000. We get reimbursed by the state. What if the state comes back and say, how did you procure this? And say we didn't, and then who has to pay for it? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a lot of money on the line here. I mean, you want to get Blake back in here for that? Uh, sure. 
maybe Waller or Austin County procurement. But it all gets the check gets cut. I mean, it's it's very confusing because the check gets yes. cut by Fayette County. One come, but it's a state agency. It's yes. a district. So if you look, at the state procurement says fifty thousand, and the local government says fifty thousand. And according to Joanne, I talked to her about it. Her understanding was it's fifty thousand per vehicle. Well, you're but talking about the uh, two vehicles for the probation department yes. being purchased at the same time. Right. I mean, my uh, my concern is the state procurement is it's fifty thousand dollars, and the county's procurement. And since it's being the checks being cut by Fayette County for the district, which is a state agency. Sure. I mean, should those have gone out for bid? If it's over the $58,000 limit and it's not a buy board item, then, it, then the rule is that we have to we have it for 70. I don't know. I don't have any yeah. 70 something thousand. Two vehicles for 70 something thousand. Did you say 50 or 58? 50. I'm sorry, 50. 50. Her thing with it was that it was two different counties and that she says state, and I, I tried to. And my concern is if the state comes back and say, how did you procure this for some reason? And we say there's not that we're the ones that wrote the check and then it was like, we're not reimbursing you. I mean, right. yeah, that's that's the concern, right? Yeah. We always want to make sure we're doing everything the, the proper way. If it's a, you know, if it's over $50,000 and it's a singular transaction or whatever, then it needs to go out for bid. So the recommendation is go out for bid? That would be my recommendation. You told me that she didn't have to because it was for two different counties. Well, if if we were if these were two individual purchases, right, and each we were buying to, at two separate times, two completely separate transactions, totally not related, we're cutting separate checks, everything, you know, each individual purchase individually was under that limit, then there wouldn't be anything wrong with that. But if we are purchasing two, you know, or it's a package or, or whatever, and it's we're cutting one check for over the fifty thousand dollar limit, my recommendation is we go out for bid. We cut two checks. Oh, okay. We cut two but checks the, at the same time. Right. But the question <laughs> from her is, if she does one this month, can she do one next month? Then? Yeah. But the same, there again, the it's state to me, it's right. I mean, you're still going over. If we're Why do we purchase so many vehicles all at one time? When she called me about it, I told her our limit was fifty thousand. Anything above fifty thousand, we had to go out for bid. Well, she took it because one was thirty-three thousand and one was forty-three thousand. We didn't have to go out for bid. And then she, that's exactly how she told me. Well, the state, if it's under fifty thousand, I don't have to go out for bid. It's and I tried to explain to her that these were. Two of them being bought at the same time put it over the $50,000 mark. But are they being bought at the same time? Yes, they are. Right. So but one right. is for Austin County, one is for Waller County. Which, though, she will interchange and need wherever, use wherever she needs them. The I think on this one we should go out for a bit for yeah. the two vehicles. The state's wording is a one-time purchase of goods. Oh, sure. This would be a two-time purchase. Oh, so. So we don't. I called LaRoche no, to ask him, and I talked to a salesperson, and they told me it wasn't through. They weren't by board or Sourcewell. In talking with that, Angela thought at one time that they were board, by board or Sourcewell. 
So my only other thing is to call them back and to ask for the general manager and ask them, are y'all a member of Bible or Sourcewell or any procurement agency? Because if they are, then it would be okay. Then it would be okay. And that's what I tried to explain to Joanne, too. I mean, the other thing is, I mean, there's a lot of shortages with vehicles, but there's over those three counties, there's some dealerships. I mean, I think we need to buy, be nice to buy at least within the district instead of buying vehicles from outside, the, right outside the district when you've got all these dealerships in the district. But I don't know if availability of the station. That could be a problem for me. Well, we don't want to get to a point where somebody decides they want a vehicle and now, well, I can't find anywhere, so I'm just going to go buy one. That's, that's, that's not right. I mean, it, I know it happens occasionally, but I mean, you know, there's a process we all have to go through. Beginning of the year, you get your budget, you go out and start hunting vehicles and not, you know, well, I can't find one, so I'm going to just go buy this one. Well, the sheriff's department has approached me about buying one, and I told me to go out for bid, and they're knowing that unless they go to finding a buy board or mm -hmm. search I tried to explain that to Joanne the other day, and Well, I just explain sometimes to her. Explain to her that we're not going to approve the purchase if she doesn't follow the. Miss Austin, you got some thoughts on that? I mean, I how how do we do that? We just approve the bids, excluding those two purchases, or the the payables? Yes. Now I know she will be highly irate about it because she's expecting the two checks today. That was the other thing. She contacted us five o'clock Friday to pay these two bills. Oh, well. Well, Blake, I know there's different points on this, but how do you come down on this? What do you recommend? Uh, I recommend that we go out for bid on, on these two items. Okay. There you have it. All right. So, so Ms. Austin, you're saying that we approved the bills except for those two? Yes. I would you think can so. hand that to her. Yes. Yes. Is he on that side, right? Question, Mr. Burnson? Question. Um, unrelated to this, but... There's, I, I look down in the summary and I see there's $138,000 purchase referring to equipment out of, I think, uh, ARP funds. And then there's another $76,000 furniture and equipment. I forget which part of the fund, one nineteen, I think that is. I'm just curious about those. That's over $200,000 equipment and stuff. I'm just curious. The one nineteen is the cars that we're talking about right now. Oh, that's right. And then the ARP one is the, and I can tell you real quickly what those were. It's reverse um, reverse auction. So basically they put out the price. There's there's a few on Sourcewell, by board, Houston Galveston, but it's basically they it's a probably reverse auction where they put their price out for the whole year, the lowest price, and it's good it's getting accepted, it's good for the whole year. Uh, and then there's another one like Texas Smart Board is the one through the state controller. Same thing. Special buying board for mm -hmm. And the uh, ones for the American Rescue Plan was for uh, $19,810 was the for Emily Fritz Show Barn. This is all out of the ARP grants. Uh, $37,414 was for purchasing the animal control truck. And then it was $27,631 for the chassis mount for that animal control truck. 
and then $72,605.53 was for the EMS truck, and that was all out of the ARP funds. I make a motion we approve the bills with the exception of going out for bids for the two vehicles. Second. Second by Commissioner Brosman. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. I move we take a 10 minute recess. Motion's been made that we take 10 minute recess before we tackle another hour. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternot. All in favor say aye. Aye. Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Motion carried. All right. If I could have your attention, we're going to come back into session. I move to reconvene. Commissioner Brosman makes a motion that we reconvene. Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? We are back in session. Our first item is to uh, conduct a workshop to hear and consider requests for funding from departments, offices, and precincts and from agencies and organizations and to discuss all revenues and expenditures for the 24 county budget and take any action the court deem necessary we have uh, the uh, various entities listed here and the first on our list is is historical commission bobby nash and shirley schaefer Written report. Unfortunately, the budget is from last year, so we don't have updated figures for this year. But okay. Cassie was really good. She gave us a nice list of everything that we needed to talk about. And I brought it in a book paper so you didn't have to listen to me talk for an hour. Um, Shirley's going to talk about the budget real quick, so we'll do that at the top. Okay. Through April 30th of this year, we have not had any expenditures for our $5,000 that came from the commission court. And I do not have updated figures for May or June yet. We are meeting again on Monday of next week, and we should have figures by then. Now I mentioned on here that we ask the same amount every year. If we use it, if we need it, we use it. If we don't need it, we don't use it. So um, we are planning on some more expenditures through the course of this year, so we may get closer to using our budget than we have in the past. Um, the big things that we've done this year, we moved the office space to Founders Park. Uh, we got a docent through a city grant, so that's not costing us anything, um, who is sitting there on Saturday mornings and keeping track of the number of people that are just coming for the bathroom for the four-hour period that she's there, plus the number of visitors that are coming to ask information about the county. We've got brochures and things in the office for all of the different museums and things within Fayette County, so that's been kind of good. I think we've been able to push some of the some of the other entities. Um, we have five new historical markers that are going in this fall. When it cools off, we're not gonna do it until it cools off. We're not gonna execute a plan until it cools off. <laughs> so, so anyway, but we do have five new markers only, and we didn't pay for any of them. So we got the, the groups to pay for their own, so we do that whenever we can. Um, we did start doing tours of the courthouse on Saturday on every other Saturday morning. I've stopped that. I'm too old to be over here at hundred degrees. I'm sorry. That's good. Uh, we'll Before, pick it up again in the fall. I'm just going over this. Hasn't the cistern cemetery been done already? The did, mark, not the marker. I thought we did that last year around December. That was the Pessinic Cemetery that you went to. Yeah, that was on Rosanke Road. Yeah. 
not Pen to one wife of the church. Pensick. Pensick, yes. Yeah, well, and sister, yeah. You okay. can say that almost any way you want. Yeah. When I asked the family, they all said it's something different. I got you, yeah, okay. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. Pensick, this is sister. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, sister is by the church over there. Gotcha. Down there. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be done in November, I believe. Yeah, I didn't put it in, in here, but I think we're going to be up to about 300 markers within the county, so it's good. So these organizations pay for their own markers. But whatever, we can talk them into it. Very they good. have a group that will do what? it. We just we reserve and the budget enough to pay for one a year, and um, sometimes we need it, need it, sometimes we don't. Uh, the city paid the city paid for two of the two of the ones that are coming up, the railroad and the poor farm, so. And, yep. when, and when you approach these entities, whoever it may be, you always see if you can get them to pay for it. Well, actually, it usually works the other way around. They come and approach us for help in getting the marker. Very so good. we'll help them do the research and get the marker written up, and then we'll say, mm -hmm. right, are you good. paying for it? Because ours is already gone this year, or are you paying for it? Mm -hmm. so. Are you ready for me to put the one up at the whole farm? <laughs> Any, anytime you want. I've got I put a stake in the ground with a piece of tape on it so you can see. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put that up, and I'm gonna get these other commissioners to do the mortar work on your bench. Oh, cool! <laughs> actually, actually, W.O. had a really great idea for that. He's gone to um, the marble marble milk factory down uh -huh. and asked them for a bench that's already made. Oh, and perfect. Said, and uh, his hope is that we can use the port farm bricks. Bricks, maybe around it. Sit on. That'd be perfect. Yeah. yeah. So we'll yeah. wait and see what we can do. Okay, I'll get with you soon on getting that thing put up. Great. Um, any other questions that we get? Maybe anybody has? Sure. You only need to spend this for the name. No expenses for managing. It's just because I haven't tried that seats, but <laughs> they're, they're minor. New okay. offices working out good? Uh, you know where I really love them. Good. Um, I don't get there as much as I like, but we got pet <coughs> cats now that we're taking care of. Um, they just showed up, and it's a safe place for them, and I keep calling them. Good. The dog catcher, he keeps saying they don't have room for him to keep feeding them. So we do. Water and flowers and stuff. I go every other day and we're kind of keeping it alive. You'll notice at the bottom of my report I said, I say it would be really, really cool if you had a shaved cloth over there. No, I actually ate lunch the other day. It would be really nice. It's a, it's a hot box. <laughs> you know, they're used to, yeah, it, in the evening there's a nice breeze. Even umbrellas on the, on, the, on the tables. Would more okay. than umbrellas on those tables to start out with. Where did they go? I've had Stephen looking for them and he can't find them. So they get I thought they were the mad that they kind of match the tables, but a shame clock would work in our house. They would throw me in. I think people would leave them out in the window. I'm going to ask her here in a minute. I'm going to ask her in a minute. Yes, thank you. Ms. Nash, so I'm clear on this. The county budgeted you 5000 last year. This is that's 2022. And, and remaining on it is forty-eight thirty-three sixty-five. Well, no, because it's use it or lose it. So, but that's what we did in twenty twenty-two. Twenty twenty-three awarded us five thousand again, so we started all over again with five thousand. Correct me if I'm wrong, Cindy, but y'all's is different. Y'all just y'all submitted expense, and the county pays it. We that's don't right. give you a five thousand dollar check. No, it's no, sim no, it's similar no. to the the Schumer <laughs> first responders is the same way. Those yeah, are two different yeah. like that. Yeah, as a county commission. Okay, so I'm glad that Mr. McBroom asked that question. I didn't really. Okay, so when you have expense, you issue to it. You issue to the county mm -hmm. auditor, and then we pay that. That's right. That's big, big, big difference. Okay. It is. So every dollar spent is dollar used. That's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, we appreciate you being here, and we're going to. We're not taking any action on these items. 
but we're certainly going to consider it and we appreciate everything that you do we, we do think that you do a good job thank you so much we appreciate it thank you and thank you all right some of us do some of us have been older all right now the next uh entity is combined community action kelly frankie good morning good morning good morning Give y'all some brochures and you can do what you want. Read them tonight. <laughs> Need help getting to sleep. <laughs> um, there you go. I want to thank y'all for allowing me to be here today. Sure. Um, Combined Community Action is a local nonprofit that uh, provides the Meals on Wheels and many other services in the county. So. Um, Last year, we'll start with Meals on Wheels because that's the primary focus of requesting the funds from you today. We served 30,418 meals last year to 215 older adults in Fayette County. Uh, we receive a grant from the Texas Department of Agriculture. It's called Texans Feeding Texans, and there's a required match from the county in order to receive those funds from them. Your actual required match, I just looked it up, is like $2,100. You always give me more. But the actual requirement to get that money is 21. So we have that's the very least we can take uh, in order to get that grant from them. And that's a very important grant because you only have to match 2100. And I think for Fayette County, we get about 25,000 from the Texas Department of Agriculture. So um, we've also implemented a um, animals program for our seniors that are on Meals on Wheels. They have animals, and sometimes they will take the food we deliver and feed their animals instead of themselves. So now we're able to provide them. Um, cat food, dog food, veterinarian services, things like that to keep them from spending their money on their animals. We can help them do those kinds of things. So we're helping several of the clients here in Fayette County do that. Uh, we were lucky enough to get a donation from a very generous donor here in Fayette County. And then we also received money from Meals on Wheels America to start that program for our clients. Um, last year in Fayette County, we helped 1,137 households with utility assistance in the amount of $316,000. So that's paid out to all the local utilities of here, Fay Electric, City of LaGrange, whoever they may be, Blue Bonnet. But that we did help 1,137 households. Um, we've spent over 35,000 helping um, six families with their homes to make them more energy efficient last year. And we also now are have a water program that we've been able to help families with their water bills. So like for the City of LaGrange, we couldn't help them with their water bill, only their gas or electric or whatever. Now we've been able to help with the water bill. We helped um, 143 families with $36,000 worth of water assistance. We are currently using the old EMS building. We were at Meadows. And oh, just give me a second, please. What, what do you mean when you say you were unable to help them with the water? Why is that? We didn't have money. So our funding comes from the low income. I'm home. sorry. I'm okay. sorry. You, you didn't have the money to help them. We didn't have funding for that. I got you. Yeah. I so got you. COVID hit, then you yeah. know, we got all these ARPA funds. Then I they, thought there was something with the water. Yeah. Or, so I, it, it's complicated when you're paying a city and utility bill. We have to tell them this is only for the electric bill. This sure. does not apply to garbage and trash. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Okay. So we are using the old EMS building. We were in the Meadows building, and uh, Jason, I guess, helped get us moved to the old EMS building. So that's where the meals are brought in and volunteers come and pick them up and send them out for delivery every day. During COVID, we had to stop the hot meal service because the kitchen we use out of Austin with Meals on Wheels in Austin was closed. So we started doing frozen meals. Many of our clients prefer to stay on the frozen meals. They said they like them better. 
and they can eat that meal any time of the day. They're not required to eat it right at lunch. So some of our clients have gone to hot meals, some are doing frozen meals. It just depends. We're kind of, you know, catering to what they like the best right now. But um, so anyway, that's what we do. The money that we receive from you, like I said, is the match for the TDA grant. And then we purchase additional meals, um, shelf-stable meals for our clients in the event of a disaster. So when we have these uh, times when we've had the freezes, they have extra food. They're all shelf-stable, canned good, canned meats, crackers, things that they can have in the event nobody can get to them or they can't get out of their home during those times. So the money is used to purchase additional meals. And we do not have a waiting list. And with the funds we've been able to get from cities and counties, we, have, we don't have to have a waiting list. That's our goal is to never have a waiting list for the clients. They can get a, anybody who's six year over can get a meal as they need it. Do all the local cities, do they all donate? Uh, LaGrange donates. Um, right now, they're the only one that donate. Um, we have gotten donations from Platonia, Schulenberg. Carmine may have given us a little bit in the past, but they said their budgets are too tight and they can't afford to. But LaGrange does still do And you would say that LaGrange is by far the biggest entity, entity that you serve? Yeah, LaGrange area is probably the largest in the surrounding area. Sure. We have a, you know, we opened a site in Fayetteville during COVID. Uh, Nora Chun is our site manager there. And she does a great job and she covers Warrington. And so we're serving places that we've never served in the past. A lot of the really rural clients weren't being served because we didn't have volunteers willing to drive. But because um, we were able you know, get the funding from y'all, we can pay them to drive these meals out to these people. Sure. You know, so it's been very helpful. Also, I want to thank you know, Jason McBroom used to be on my board. He left. And so then Luke was appointed, and now Luke serves on our board, and he does a great job. And he also supports us at our fundraisers, which not many of our board members do. So uh, we really appreciate it for that. So. It's well, interesting about the animals, because that dog or cat that that elderly person has, maybe the only companion the only that they see all day long, or maybe for yeah. days or weeks, you know? Yeah, so that's their companion. That's important for them, too. And, and that's what people told me, well, they shouldn't have a dog or a cat. I'm like, well, that's their only companions, and, and it's sure. <coughs> really helpful to them. And one of the things Meals on Wheels America says is that social isolation is just as bad as smoking 15 cigarettes a day, that it causes, you know, a lot of issues, health issues sure. for clients. So. If LaGrange is the biggest one downstairs, who's the next one? Probably Schulenberg. And the city of Schulenberg doesn't give anything. <coughs> they got, I applied one, it's probably been before COVID, I sent a letter requesting funds and they were like, sorry, not going to happen. But another interesting thing There you is, go, something for you to work on. <coughs> I mean, this money she's asking for is for this area, but mm -hmm. how many counties do you serve for Meals on Wheels? Six. And they go from? We go from, we have Hayes, Caldwell, Blanco, Bastrop, Bailey. So we go to every county and every city typically in those counties to ask for funding to help with them. That's a lot I, would, I would continue to pursue Schulenberg okay. and, and any other county, but if they don't respond to your letter, just show up there one day. Okay. Say, well, and I, I mean, well, I've written you letters. What is the administrator's <laughs> name in Schulenberg? Uh, Tammy, Tammy Walker. And she and I have kind of formed a really good relationship, so I could call her and say, hey, I'm sending you a letter, and yeah. you can tell me yes or no. They have money, money in reserve there. Okay. I can help you out. Okay, that'd be great. Is it well, difficult finding um, volunteers to deliver the meals? We had a problem after COVID. A lot of our volunteers are older as well. You know, Mr. Um, Stanford, Stanford Schmidt used to deliver for us before he passed away. And he was like, I gotta go deliver meals to the old people. And we're like, you are going to So a lot of them didn't want to do it, but we are, people are starting to come back into the fold and, and starting to deliver the meals for us. And you deliver once a week? Uh, if they get a hot meal, they get one every day. If they get frozen meals, we deliver once a week. 
but our site managers will contact them two additional days of the week just to check on their well-being. Because a lot of times we have run into situations where a volunteer or a site manager is gone and their person has passed away and nobody knew it, or they have fallen and they've been able to call for help. So we have emergency contacts that we can contact. So. Well, you do good work, and we commend you, and uh, we were going to consider this. Thank you so very much. It. Thank you all. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for coming. All right. Is Mr. Marsh here? Yes. Okay. Uh, our next entity to hear from is CARTS, Dave Marsh. Good morning, sir. Judge, commissioners, thanks for having Commissioner Birkenhoff to us at Rhythm for our board meeting. Yeah. He's an important part of our board. Sure. We appreciate it. Uh, you know, when I got here, Kelly asked me, are you going to ever retire? <laughs> <laughs> this will be the 40th year I've come to the commissioner's court. Wow. And of that time, we have never increased our request. Uh, what funds you give us, we certainly appreciate when we use. Did, excuse me, sir. Did you say you have never increased your request? No, sir. Amazing. Uh, but but the money you give us means a lot to us. Uh, we spend a lot more than that, but uh, it shows that you believe in what we do. Uh, I'm giving you some information. The last year we've spent doing a transportation development plan. We've had some information on the first five pages of just general stuff about what the plan's about. The last four pages are about what they recommend for us to do in Fayette County. So uh, it's a framework we use. Uh, our, our most recent successes have been launching what we call CARTS Now, which is an on-demand service in four cities. Uh, and we're going down the list every city that uh, we think can support it. What it does is it puts a vehicle in the town that you can call on the app or by phone and it appears at your curb in 15 minutes. Uh, it's really revolutionized the way people move around in Bastrop and Lockhart, Marble Falls and Taylor. And this, this study recommends we expand that program here in this county. If I can afford it, we're going to do this time to uh, How would you envision expanding it in Fayette County? I'm, probably LaGrange would be our first uh, city <coughs> where we would just convert our current service into a different type of service where it's pure on demand, where the bus runs around the town and you can get a ride within that 15 minute period. We expand the hours from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. when we do that. And uh, it lets everybody ride the vehicle we use our low floor ramp vehicles so everybody can get in the bus the same way and it really works out well for people that just want to and y'all keep the vehicles looking good yes yeah, so we, we're, we're very fortunate to have a, a really nice shop that we operate out of in our headquarters in cedar creek and we have very good people that really do keep our vehicles looking so uh, you've been on that board pretty good while uh yes since uh, 15, I believe, when I came out, 2015. You know, I always follow Kelly, and she's hard to follow, because they do such good work. But what always bothers me is meal delivery is great, okay? But it used to be that not everybody came and had lunch together. And we would always take them. Now, we're, we're doing more of that now. Sheila Berg, for instance, 
they have a new center director there that's really active and we're having a lot more because the people need socialization, they need to get out of the house. So I always talk to Kelly to make sure they give us referrals for anybody that they need that needs us and we work together that way. So. Good. I'll answer any questions. I, don't, I know you've got a lot of stuff to do and I don't want to take up more time. Well, we appreciate what you do. We appreciate that you've been here, you've been with this, this entity for 40 years. Uh, and we appreciate that you've never asked for an increase from the money. Right. <laughs> so look back in the record, just a true story. Yeah, and, and as I say, whenever I'm between Bass Drive, wherever, I see it, the, the buses are always immaculate. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So yeah. It's, is it three of them, Jason, that storage here? Typically yeah, there's two. Three Sometimes they'll trade them out, but yeah. typically there's three. For the vehicles are parked at Jason's warehouse. Yeah, right. I appreciate that. Too. Yeah, I saw it's that. They've only had the catalytic converter stolen once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've lost so many of those. I don't know what's happened, but we haven't. Oh, man, I couldn't really have a loss lately. But we've, we've had some really, they got 11 at one time. <clears throat> well, we, we actually had it on camera, but we couldn't yeah. couldn't make out the license plate. Yeah. But they did it in such so fast. I mean, you couldn't I see them doing it. You just see the sparks underneath it. Right. And I mean, I think they were there probably three minutes. They were gone. Yeah. But they parked in between them, so you didn't know they were there. That's exactly the way they did us. And they, they have a guy that drops them off. And these guys get out with their stalls, and they dip, dip, dip. And the guy comes back and picks them up, and they're gone. Yeah. But that's another story. Thank you all so much. Thank so you same. very much. I appreciate it very much. I'll see you. What did you do? Uh, just stupid. I was, oh. <laughs> I was moving the desk with my wife. She was the one on the push side, and I was on the back side. And she went faster than I did, and I fell. Thank you, all. You take care. Thank you, sir. All right. Child Welfare Board, Crystal Sable. Hello. I'm Crystal. I'm the treasurer for the program. Um, and so we help any of the children that come out of CPS conservatorship or uh, family based services or adoptions. So any extra needs that they have, um, so being going to a camp, um, a lot of the family based service uh, families, we help buy beds, mattresses. Um, any house inspections that they need. Um, we also, uh, our main two projects every year is Christmas. So all the children get um, a Christmas list. And so we get those lists and we um, hand them out to the area churches. But whatever the churches can't uh, provide, then we help um, provide what they want. Um, we also help now um, back to school. We give each child um, a gift certificate or a gift card, um, $7,500 to get back um, all their supplies and everything. Um, so I've been treasurer for 10, 13 years. Um, and um, for that whole period of time, we've been getting 5,000 um, from the county. Um, the last two years, we were getting 10,000. Um, that was because we had a rise in cases. Um, so two years ago for Christmas, we um, helped 94 children. This last year, we helped um, only 50 children. 
And right now, um, we just have 21 children that are in CPS, conservatorship, family-based services, or adoption. So, so those numbers, 95 to 50, we're talking in the county? Yes, okay. there's Fayette County children. Um, they don't have to be here. They can, um, we have had some couple that have gone to California, um, panhandle you know all over the place but they have to be a Fayette County family. Do you have a rapport with Zach? Zach Valesquez the probation officer for juveniles? No. It might be good for you one day to you and him have some conversation. Okay. You know what I'm saying Miss Austin? Mm -hmm. yes, because those are the type of individuals that we see that could need a help that sometimes do need a helping hand. Okay. Sure. Yeah he works out of uh, out of uh, the juvenile probation, yeah, definitely, yeah. And then we also have the Rainbow Room that uh, we moved from the Meadows Building to across the street, um, and so the caseworkers have 24-hour access to go in there, and there's all brand new items, so uh, clothes from zero to 15, 16-year-olds. Um, we have hy hygiene products, formula, um, backpacks, everything that they might need so um, we keep that funded too so um, with that being said um, our board got together and we were talking and um, you know 10,000 is a lot for what we're doing um, and so we would be completely fine if you wanted to decrease it to 7,000 um, if you needed to put those funds somewhere else but with the less children, the less money's going out, and I, I don't want to. Well, we appreciate your attitude about that. Yeah, and we appreciate what you do, and that goes for every one of you who's come, or about to come up or who have already come up. We appreciate everything y'all do for the county. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I think they're outside. Uh, the animal shelter. Okay. <laughs> okay, uh, Miss Teresa Brown. Yes, sir. All right, I was just saying you were out in the hallway that all of you who come here today, we appreciate the job that you do, and you are next, young lady, Thank re you. representing the Gardena Jansen Animal Shelter. Thank you very much for that, and I want to use my time today to thank you for all that you do and everything that you've all made possible at the animal shelter. So I would like to say thank you to each of you and to our community and to give an update on the shelter and a brief update on the upcoming renovation for which you granted funds in the fall. So I won't take much of your time. Um, so the update on the uh, renovation we continue to raise funds, always, but we do have soil testing starting next week. We have our plans. Uh, I'd say, although we're on revision probably 427, we're, we probably just need 427.1 to get a final. But the contractor has them, and we expect some final numbers on that next week. We could not have moved forward this quickly without the funds that you granted. So again, thank you. Um, I also want to say thank you to Commissioner Bergenhoff. 
if you imagine our yards and we have 700 plus dogs a year run through those yards, we get some big holes in those yards, right? Around the trees, around the concrete barriers, and we have a volunteer who she and her husband have access to what seems like an endless amount of sand. So I worked with Commissioner Birkenhoff and they donated the sand. One of the county employees uh, moved it for us and used the skid steer. From recycling. Yes, from recycling mm -hmm. to, to spread it for us. Um, and so that was a huge win for us. We filled up some holes with the rain that we've had. We can see the grass growing up. It's, yes, thank you. Very thank good. you for that. And Monday they're gonna do, I already cleared it with Daniel, Paul, for Monday to use the skid steer. Thank you, Daniel. That's Paul. That's, that's Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a Paul's employees. Anyway, he's just a department head. Thank you. I got you. Well, thank you to Daniel. Um, but I, I did want to do that update on the renovation and uh, recognize Commissioner Birkenhoff partnership helping us do that. Sure. So, a quick update on the animal shelter itself. Um, as of today, we're 28 weeks into 2023, and we've taken in 927 dogs and cats. Wow. That's an average of 33 animals a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 10-year average, 2013 through 2022, is right at 1,500 animals a year. That's a lot of animals. Mm -hmm. And, and we all know and agree that the lack of spay and neuter is the fundamental issue. And uh, it, it is a problem in our county. I, I will say that it's not just our county. It's really all over the country, but we're, we're only trying to help our county, right? So that's my goal. Uh, stray cats and dogs running at large present a health hazard to the public. And, and I would ask everyone to remember that the shelter is not here just because we're, you know, a bunch of compassionate hearts that want to take care of dogs and cats. We're here because there is such a need in our county, 1,500 animals a year. Oh, well, without a doubt. Yeah, I see Chief Novisky sitting back there, and I'm thinking, I know he feels that, and, and if Chief Gilbert were here, he'd concur, and probably every law enforcement officer, mm -hmm. you do a lot so that they don't have to do things. We do, yes. And they, you probably, Chief, could not, your department probably could not handle it without the animal shelter. Correct, you have to have it, I promise you. Ever since it was created, it's the best thing we ever had. We have a jailer who's also animal control, so during day, mm -hmm. yeah. Monday through Friday goes out, but at night, deputies are picking up animals, they and they work great with us trying to get them in there. Yeah. When we can catch them and get them, right. you know, they give us uh, access so we can put them at the right. shelter, Yeah. which happens a lot. It yeah. does. All of our agencies have 24 7 access to me, and thank you for the endorsement. You're I welcome. appreciate that. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, but we do provide a critical service to the county. No doubt. I think in the last few years, we have really started to foster and build a new level of partnership with, uh, with me, with the commissioners, and with our law enforcement agencies and our animal control officers who. Um, who of course we work very closely with every day and and oftentimes i will say that um you know if they've got a dog or a cat on the truck and they run it by and we scan it for a microchip we'll send it home right without ever having to come through our system but the kitch the kicker there is um you know if, if it stays within our shelter 
footprint for 72 hours. It is legally our animal, and I can promise you I will spay or neuter it at 72 and a half hours. <laughs> but, uh, and then there's charges, of course, collected if they, if they, if they, when they do pick it up, if it's not immediate. But primarily, I wanted to say thank you all today for all that you've done for us as a community service, and I hope to continue growing this partnership. Well, your points are taken well, and we appreciate, we thank you. Thank you. Okay. Our next, <clears throat> we're running about on schedule, gentlemen, not too far off. Family Crisis Center, Kathy Henson. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Allie. Although I've been with the Family uh, Crisis Center for many years, uh, this is my first year in the capacity of the new executive director and being here today. So I appreciate the long and many years of service. I remember even many, many years ago being an advocate working in this town. So sure. I appreciate the service. Sure. So you're, 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 you're replacing, or you have replaced Sherry, <coughs> Sherry Murphy. Sherry Murphy. I got you. Okay. Well, it's good to have you with us. <coughs> the Family Crisis Center exists to address of domestic violence, sexual assault, and stalking. As much as we would like to believe that these rural communities are immune to violence and abuse, it's simply not true. The acts of physical violence, sexual assault, threats, coercion, intimidation, and victims living day to day in fear is an unfortunate reality for some of those living in the rural communities of Fayette County. We're requesting funds to help support portions of one counselor and three rural advocate salaries that are not covered by state and federal funding. This is the same amount that we requested in the past year as well. City and county funding is an important part of our revenue, and we recognize and respect the budget challenges you're facing in meeting everyone's needs. We welcome any level of funding, even if reduced, to continue our work. In FY22, the Rural Advocates and Counselors assisted 42 Bay County residents with services. Some of this was providing safety planning and crisis and support services in our LaGrange office and the communities around the county. Clients were linked with resources for utility assistance, mental health, housing, benefits, cell phones, and gas cards to help families through the time of crisis. They transported victims from various areas of Bay County to court and provided accompaniment and emotional support during these hearings. They worked with the criminal justice system to advocate on the client's behalf and help them through a system that's unknown and scary at times. And they also provided transportation to accompaniment of sexual assault exams. Our office is located in the Ag Building on Savota Lane, and we use that space about four to five times a week. We appreciate over the many years that y'all been able to provide that space because clients can see advocates located instead of having to drive to Bastrop for services. The rural advocates meet in the <coughs> with the clients for the services I've talked about, but they also, <coughs> excuse me, are there just to sometimes be here to listen to someone who may not have anybody else to, to help. Um, we also provide a space for clients to come in and use a computer to help the job uh, to help uh, do online benefits and, and job. Everything's online now, so this is what we provide that space. In addition, we also provide use that space during the holidays as a local pickup for our clients for Thanksgiving meals and Christmas gifts for their children. And the audience tell me the office space, and, and I agree too, that the office space and location is perfect and has enough space for everyone to feel comfortable and has easy access. So again, I thank you for well, we thank you for what you're doing. Okay. Thank you.
We're running just a little bit, a couple of minutes ahead of schedule, so we're doing good, guys. Perfect. The Children's Advocacy Center, <coughs> represented by Cynthia Eck. <coughs> good morning. and Fayette always been the three counties? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and, and just a, a bit of, a, of the work that we do is we um, provide case review through statewide uptake of every incident of child crime within our jurisdiction. We do forensic interviewing uh, in our neutral location with specially trained individuals who can work with children to help them tell their stories away from emergency rooms, um, police stations, and multiple individuals that might not know how to hear the story in the way that it needs to be heard to preserve the evidence of the child's story. We provide therapeutic family advocacy services, which helps to navigate the child and their family through the traumatic period that they're going through, as well as provide resources, um, assistance, just whatever that family needs to mitigate the trauma of the situation of child abuse and start to recover and heal. Um, we offer on-site sexual assault nurse examination, and we're the only place offering that outside of Dell Children's Hospital in our rural communities. Uh, we provide group therapy, family therapy, and play therapy for our children for as long as they need it <coughs> on site. Uh, we also provide community outreach and education. We work with our school districts. We work with our law enforcement. We work with child services to help them recognize, report, and stay up to date on what is child abuse, how is it affecting our communities, and how we can work to stop it. Um, as well as continuing education for our law enforcement professionals. Last year, uh, we were able to fulfill our goal of adding an additional forensic, full-time forensic interviewer to our staff, 
and we added an additional therapeutic family advocate to our staff. We are asking for an increase in funds this year because when we've considered the best, the best growth strategy for the Children's Advocacy Center, we always had sort of an idea that we'd have a beautiful, you know, sort of campus for, for a perfect CAC. Um, but that does not meet the needs of our rural community. We're, we're very spread out. And so uh, starting earlier this year, we began um, moving forward to open a full service satellite CAC right here in the city of LaGrange. And so we're going, it will be staffed with um, forensic interviewing, case review, multidisciplinary team coordination, therapeutic services, therapeutic family advocacy, and a support position. So do you have these centers in Lee County and Bastrop County? We have our uh, main location in Bastrop. This will be our first satellite location. <clears throat> and y'all you um, you've got uh, a site picked out and all of that? Or we don't. Okay. We are, we're looking for sites right now. We're doing a lot of meeting with uh, individuals and, and, and our friends in LaGrange trying to figure out what that looks like. We're looking for about 2,200 square feet something that is secure because we do forensic interviewing, something that can provide uh, safety and anonymity to the families that we serve. And um, you got it. You have a good rapport with the LaGrange PD and the Fed County Sheriff's Department. Absolutely. Very absolutely. good. They, they are our partners. Very good. Yes. And so that's what we're doing moving into FY 2024 is we're going to expand into LaGrange. And Very so, good. There's a bit of a roadmap um, on, on the documents that I provided for you explaining how we plan on doing that. And <coughs> I'd love to answer any questions you have. Um, just to be clear, that the 18,000 yes. is the correct amount? Okay. What was it actually? Um, it was, it was 18 That's last good. year, I believe so. Yes, yes. Do so your, do your sexual assault nurse examiners do they go to the local hospitals to perform the exams when the patient when the when the victim is a patient in the emergency healthcare setting or does the patient have to come out of that system to be examined? Well, we're having for, a problem yes. with those resources right now. For acute sexual assault nurse examinations, which is within seventy-two hours of of the crime occurring, they have to go to Del Children's. Okay. Um, for non-acute they can come to our location, or we can dispatch a safety nurse. Okay, so Cynthia, and Chief, my... Chief. Chief. Yes, sir, Chief. On behalf of the Sheriff's Office, I just want you to know how important their agency is to law enforcement in this county. Doesn't matter where you come from. Uh, child crimes are very uh, serious, and, and they do the professional counseling. Law enforcement goes there. That counselors, this is a very serious organization that we support 100%. And I tell you, they become part of our uh, uh, case that uh, in a crime, they're part of that caseload that we go to that takes to court to take care of these perpetrators that do crime against children. I just wanted to say I that. And thank y'all for what you do. And I appreciate you adding that. And I'm sure that what the chief says, uh, we, we echo those. Now, are you asking for 18000 Yes. Okay. Well, we appreciate you coming here today. And again, thank you so much for what you do. Thank it's you. very important to us. Thank you. Thank you. Next uh, entity is Youth Family Services.
Hello, everybody. Hello, sir. Good morning. I have some brochures for you, Spanish okay. as well as English. All Thank right. you. My name is Dan Corey, and I'm the newly appointed uh, Executive Director for Youth and Family Services. Um, a year ago, almost to the day, I became the Executive Director and take, took on this uh, awesome labor of love. Um, what we do, because we're that component before it gets to all those acute crises systems, uh, we go into the schools, the ISD, um, Common us to uh, help them deal with some of the um, uh, high risks uh, that come along through the, through the school systems. And so we meet them right there in the school um, and in their homes. Um, and we're thankful to you all because you just facilitate, help facilitate uh, a center for us at the uh, 750 Camp Street, the old EMS uh, facility. Uh, thank you, Jason Boone, and also uh, Peggy Schupak, spoke with her, and she uh, uh, shared with us that she um, loves the continuation that we're doing here in the city. We've been involved here 30 years plus, um, Youth and Family Services, serving the families and their youth. Um, what we're doing, we're asking for a continuation of the 10,000 that you've given annually. Uh, wish it was more, but, <laughs> but um, what we have done, um, Fayette County region located at the EMS facility on 750 uh, Camp, Camp Street, we were able to provide consistent services to a total, uh, total of approximately seven, 70 households uh, this last past year. Uh, fiscal year in, in Fayette County. This was done with the goal of providing as many families as we were possibly able with timely assistance to youth and families to reduce at-risk situations and to ultimately stabilize all members of the family unit. Um, as you all well know, when that is, um, family unit is not um, uh, healthy, um, they, line, they wind up in more crises uh, units like uh, juvenile detention, uh, CPS, probation, and we're that component that keeps them from that as best we can. Uh, you all have been very, very um, uh, lenient and, and um, uh, favorable in our agency in the past, and we wish you could do the same. Are, are you exclusively Fayette County? No, sir. We uh, also work through Austin County and Colorado County. Okay, all right. And we're funded through the state. Um, uh, we're um, supposed to have um, systems or, or agencies in every county uh, in the state of Texas. So we're glad to be here. Sir, Very good. Is this 10000 is that used for personnel? What are you um, This past fiscal year, it has been predominantly uh, for the um, staff retention. Um, it, uh, we were down to, when I came on board, one staff, one full-time staff and one half a part-time staff. Since I've been on board, we're now fully staffed. Um, and we have uh, through Austin County, Colorado County, and Fayette County, um, they're fully staffed. 
and we're looking to maybe put on another staff here in, um, in LaGrange and uh, Fayette County because the need is great. Um, and if we could at all possibly, uh, we could ask for 10000 but if you're lenient enough to throw some more on there, we would <laughs> definitely receive it. You wouldn't throw it back no, at us. Sir, no, sir. <laughs> um, and, you know, what we've had to deal with is um, uh, parity of staff, um, salary. And so where you don't have that parity, um, they move on to other, um, other places. And so that was part of our situation. The uh, pandemic was another part of the uh, staff retention issues that we've been as an agency. Um, going forward, we look for a great year, um, uh, fiscal year 2023 and four. Well, we appreciate everything that you do, sir. Thank you. And uh, we will consider this. Thank you. Thank you very Thank you. much. Thank you. Have a good day. Yes, sir. Okay. Casa Christy Bauer. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, doing good. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. So um, I want to thank you all for allowing us to come and tell our story again. Um, I'm sure that you probably have this information in front of you. Um, um, but again, my name is Christy Bauer. I'm the Executive Director for, of CASA. Um, CASA stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates. Uh, we are in our 35th year of providing advocacy for children in Batchelor, Fayette, and Lee counties. Um, our mission is that we recruit community volunteers. We train them the CASA way. They go out and visit children and work with the families that are involved in the Child Protective Services. Um, child welfare system. We, um, in your packet, there will be some data that, that shows, um, a table that shows the uh, number of children that we have served over the course of several years. Um, if you notice that, um, it looks like this, if you notice that, um, we are significantly down in Fayette County. Um, just to compare numbers, last fiscal year we served 53 children. This fiscal year we are serving 13. While I, it would be my hope that we have children who are not being abused and neglect in, in this county, um, I don't think that's true. Um, a couple of years ago, actually right before COVID had hit, uh, they, the, they went in and changed the level of removal criteria in order to remove uh, children from families. And I believe, and we firmly believe, not only me and, and the other CASA organizations in the state of Texas, that that has limited the number of children who are being removed and leaving them in those situations longer. Uh, I will give you an example. We had a child, not in this county, but we had a child in Bastrop County that uh, a call came in from CPS in February of this year. Child had bruises up and down his body. Um, child made an outcry and said, mom's boyfriend had uh, choked him and hit him. They couldn't prove it, um, so they had to uh, kind of disregard that. Four months later, child comes in, another call. Child has continued bruising, choking around his neck, and now has a broken bone. So that level has now removed him, and, and we're, we're providing services for him and his family. However, because the criteria has been raised, the child was not able to be removed in February. So, like I said, while I would hope that there's not children being removed, um, 
being harmed, you know, my fear is that they're still staying in those situations. And so as an organization, we want to prepare ourselves to have volunteers to then be able to serve those kids. Uh, a trend is that once school goes back, we'll start to see some intakes being called in. I would anticipate that August, September time frame when kids go back, they start to make outcries to their teachers, reports start to be made, and I think that we'll see some increase in those, those numbers of children removed from here. But as an organization, we want to put ourselves in a position to serve those kids. Um, and by doing that, um, we're asking for funding to help support a minimal percentage of um, staff for, for the, the staff member that I have here that, that serves Fayette County uh, myself because I do do some staffing here and, and, and do run cases here. I mean, that's just because I'm the executive director does not mean that I don't serve these kids. When we have volunteers that don't serve the children, I step in and I, and I, I fill in that role as well. And so one, one aspect that we do here in our our CASA that some others don't is that we serve 100% of our children. When you say we, you're talking about the three counties. Exactly. Of the three right. counties, Bastrop obviously, yes. understandably, does more. Do they provide uh, the bulk of the monies as far as the three counties are concerned? Um, yeah. I mean, they, they, they bring in, well, you know, I'm not going to say a little bit more than Fayette County. I mean, I, I will be honest that we get most of our funding from Fayette County. Uh, you all have been a huge supporter of, of uh, the work that we do. Uh, we have been so generous to be at the extension office and in in uh, one of the offices there. That has allowed us to be more prominent and, and well-known and, and invisibly in the community. I come down here several times a month to this office out of there, a couple of times out of the, out of the month for me to be visible. But we do have support. You know, our, our biggest funding stream is our, our federal grant and our state grants that we receive, but also with the counties and the cities within those counties, we receive funding to support the children, as well as uh, fundraising. Um, our, our county and district attorney, Peggy Schupach, is she on your board? No. Okay. So but she she's, can't, she but she's can't active. Be, with yes, but she, she can't be on our board, but we do have um, <coughs> Phil Aistrick is, is a board member, as well as Karen Mahoney Woods, so they represent um, Fayette County as well. Well, I'm sure I speak for all of us when I say that you do a great job and we support you and we appreciate you being here. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, it would be great if you knew that the number 13 was accurate. Yeah. That would be the ultimate right. goal. Well, and that but was 13 don't. that we had legal cases with, right? So there's, there's, it's where we are. You know, there's, it's, it's not accurate because they're not being removed, right? And so, right. Um, you know, we're, we're here to serve those kids once they, they're removed. That's what our mission is. Are y'all actively trying to get, like, Bastrop County, would you show them these numbers? Mm -hmm. To say, Bastrop County, y'all's got to step up. And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm you know, I mean, it's, I'm doing the, the same thing I'm doing here is the same thing that I'm doing with them. Because, it, you know, the county's larger, the population is there. Popping, just right. people right. Flo yeah. just flocking into Bastrop yeah. County, and I can... Yeah. yeah. So we are. I mean, we're asking for that increased funding from them because we know that it's going to hit. All right. We appreciate you being here. Thank you. Very Thank, much. You. Thank you. Fayette Water and Soil Conservation. Mr. Rick Schilling is here. Good to see you, Rick. Good to see you, gentlemen. Yes, sir. Ladies. Ladies. Uh, well, I'm here again, uh, representing Fayette Soil and Water Conservation District. Uh, we have five board members. I'm the chairman, and I've been the past eighteen years. Uh, Lee Fritch is our vice chairman. Uh, Carol Friedrich is 
is our secretary. Uh, Howard Frick is our director from the Limer, Katrina area, and then Bob Devine is from Platon Who was the last one? Bob Devine. Okay. He's from down at yes, area. Yes, sir. Uh, what we basically do is we work with farmers, ranchers, and property owners in uh, educating and assisting them and putting conservation uh, plans together for the properties in order to uh, stabilize and retain the soils uh, and improve the soil health as well as to uh, filtrate the water and improve the water uh, hydration into the, the soils. Uh, we work primarily with uh, the Natural Resource Conservation Service who provides technical assistance and also financial assistance uh, to the property owners and ranchers uh, and farmers. Uh, we also work uh, are partner with a number of other uh, conservation organizations, LCRA, you know, has a Creekside program uh, and where we put repairing barriers in along creeks and things that go to LCRA in order to hold the soil and also filtrate and make sure that the water is clean when it goes uh, into the waterways. Uh, we uh, have been in existence since 1948 in Fayette County. Uh, we, uh, in the past year, we uh, implemented 26 plans. Uh, there were 16,709 foot of cross fencing was put in so that uh, uh, people can better utilize as far as rotational grazing uh, on our properties. We put in 11 ponds. We uh, did one uh, stream crossing uh, for 450 acres of uh, range grass, primarily native grass that was planted in the county. Um, that was a total of $462,000 that we were able to uh, get in grants for uh, the county. What was that number again? $462,000. Isn't that great? Okay. All right. We also partner with the Cummins Creek Watershed District. We over, help oversee the operation and maintenance of these uh, watershed structures that we have uh, in, you know, primarily the northwestern and, and, and uh, along the Cummins Creek Waterway. Sure. Uh, we were able to get uh, $33,000 uh, through the State Soil Water Board uh, for assistance in operation and maintenance on these structures. Uh, we also, you know, work in educating our youth. We put on coloring contests, uh, poster contests, and also the essay contest. We have an awards banquet. Uh, every February recognizing these young people. They'll do, a good, they'll do a good job with that. We also participate with uh, uh, the Farm Bureau, uh, the, the fair, and in, in, uh, having booths and also educating our young people because we've implemented a, a tree planting program with the schools and uh, we're providing the trees. And, was my idea that you know, as kindergartners or you know, elementary school kids plant this tree when they graduate from high school, they can see sure. you know how it's grown and blossomed. Sure. So uh, 
anyway, um, we're asking for $5,000. Uh, that's what we've been receiving for the past, I don't know how long, ever since I've been on the board, it's been $5,000 that the county provides us. We get matching funds from the state with those funds. Uh, we primarily use the funding uh, for our office. And we have uh, Carissa Karish is our uh, district clerk. Uh, it provides help, you know, her salary as well as uh, our office expenses. Uh, Y'all provide us roughly, I'm going to say, about 200 square foot in the ag building right next to the NRCS, uh, which is adequate for our, our needs. Uh, we use it, you know, on a weekly uh, basis, more or less. We, you know, go in and check for messages. And we also meet with, the, you know, landowners. And, sure. Um, yeah, farmers and ranchers. Is sure, they come to you, in other words. Right. Right. And then we also, you know, part of our fundraising is we uh, sell uh, seed uh, that we uh, get from Turner Seed and also Pamper. And uh, we, you know, receive commissions out of that. Um, uh, to do. Um, anyway, that's. Well, I think I speak for everybody here. We we can visualize, we can see the results of what you do through the course of the year. And you you and your group do a heck of a job. And we appreciate everything you do for the county. And we're going to consider this. Okay. I think a lot of times people <clears throat> overlook, they see, they know the importance of water. They don't think about the land. But apparently everybody within 10 counties want to come to this Soil is a fake county, so somebody must be doing their job yeah. properly because everybody wants to come here and buy it. So, but for those people that do not know the proper way to, you know, uh, to run the cotton operation or plant the grass, somebody has to be there to tell them because they just move in here, they don't have a clue. And, no. And you mentioned you mentioned the banquet and getting those youngsters to do those pictures. That's just outstanding for those young people to learn about that. And we we we've had some state contested winners. Yeah. You know, once once we're, we're an area, the state's divided up into five different areas as far as uh, conservation districts are concerned. And we're an area three, which basically runs from this side of Houston all the way over to Loretta and from here on Big south. Big area. Okay. Um, and we, you know, once once you win in the area, well, then you go to the state level. Sure. And so, anyway. Well, we appreciate you being here, Mr. Schilling. Always a pleasure seeing you. All right. Thank you. Jeff. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Turtle Wing Foundation, represented by Destiny Fencing. Were you here earlier? We were talking about the cemetery and cistern and the correct pronunciation of fencing. No, but I do get corrected on my last name by different people all the time. Would you say it's Pensick? I say Pensick. Um, people around here say Pensick, but then I got corrected by a 91-year-old um, check man in Monte. I go with that. That said, it's, it's, it's Sinchik. There's no P. The S isn't silent. It's Sinchik. Okay. So that's what he said. He corrected me on that. Okay, process. great. Well, it's good to have you here. Yes, yes. I'll say good to have you destiny. Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be changing in November, so let's just think about that same. Yes, my name is Destiny. To say that um, I am the executive director for Turtle Wing Foundation. Um, I've provided you guys with the letter that we submitted for the request. 
Um, and then our annual report from this last year, the numbers on that letter of request as well as the um, paper attached to that are the updated numbers as far as this year. Um, we help children and their families with learning challenges find the resources in our communities, but also help them pay for those resources. Um, we are under the, there's some misconception that we're just autism. It is all learning disabilities from dyslexia to autism to Down syndrome. Um, to behavioral issues um, and anything in between. We do not um, necessarily discriminate when it comes to um, a challenge that affects a child's ability to learn and grow. Um, so when we started, Deanne herself had her son Jack, who's on the front of that, um, who had high-functioning autism. And she was one of those parents that we all know and love of, as soon as they got that diagnosis, it was, what can I do to get the services for my child? What she noticed, though, is she was having to travel to Houston, Austin, San Antonio to receive services like speech therapy, um, social skills work, tutoring, he struggled in school. So you're taking a child out of school or out of their, their everyday life to travel an hour, hour and a half, or two hours in Austin, Houston traffic um, to receive those services to come back so they miss a half a day of school, mom and dad miss a half a day of work, they spend the money on gas. They were your average middle class family and it took a financial toll on them even with insurance coverage because if the services were here they weren't covered they were out of network for insurance or um, insurance said it was a more of a, an educational need and not a medical need um, so when jack passed away in 2000 in 2009 she started turtling um, there are so many wonderful providers in our communities and in our small area that we are blessed to have um, whether that's speech therapy physical therapy tutoring, the theater, every, all skills, whether it's therapeutic, educational, or recreational. Turtling works to partner with those so that they are not having to turn children away um, just because of their financial capabilities as a family. Um, so if you'll look at the, the sheets, just in Fayette County, these are not for not necessarily um, Fayette County residents, so this, this number grows, um, but these are the ones performing services in Fayette County. So, um, and they're what turtling has directly funded. So what we do is we work to bring that cost down to a typical copay. So instead of a parent paying $100 for a session, a session of speech therapy, the provider works with them to see what can we actually, what can you afford to come, and turtling covers the rest. So an in, in unintentional positive in it that Deanne didn't think about when she started the foundation is the actual ability to grow the providers. Providers are not having to turn down those funds. They're not having to take less funds because they bill turtling at the end of the month for that $80 if the family can only afford 20. Um, so that's the that's kind of the, the gist of mostly what we do. We rely on community partners. We rely on the doers and we will be the funders for it. Um, we are a 501c3 organization. Um, this year, coming year, when it starts in September, is our biggest budget year yet and a little over $400,000. Um, of that, almost $300,000 is direct service funds. Um, paying for things like therapeutic writing, paying for things like tutoring, etc. Um, a big part of what we do it happens in Fayette County. We have wonderful providers in Fayette County and we want to continue to grow that. Last year, our, our um, number of direct serve was around 245. This year, our fiscal year isn't even over and we're at 290. So the services are growing, and we did that fund the services with less money um, because we had a small budget cut due to 
pandemic outcries sure. and, and everything that affects individual giving, business sponsorships. Sure. Um, we try to build that sustainability, and I wrote something about it at the end of we take what we can get because our, our budget is zeroed out every year. We work in the year. So our budget for 400000 that starts in September, I am working to gain that 400000 during that year so that we don't have to take away from our providers and those services can still be taken. Well, I'm familiar when you when you first when you first began, and y'all have done. It's hard to believe it's been this many years already, but y'all do a fantastic job. Y'all got a great name in the community, as all of the people who have been here today, and uh, we're behind you 100 percent. We appreciate you coming here. Thank you, thank you, appreciate you guys. Okay, thank you. All right, gentlemen. Next item is the next entity is the Navidad Valley Communications. Community communications. Ms. Uh, the director, Ms. Cindy Villarreal, said that she apologizes. She's in the doctor's office today because she is sick, and she will try to be scheduled at the next commissioner's court to give her presentation. Very good. All right. So we will go to Habitat for Humanity. Kenny Couch. How are y'all doing today? Well, you timed that good, didn't you? I did mean, not. It worked out well. I showed up just in time to send y'all off to lunch early, hopefully. Um, I, did y'all get my presentation? I brought a little copy, just that way y'all can take it with you if you need it. Um, so we've been around since 2004. We built our first home in 2007, and since then we've made the dream of homeownership a reality for nine families here in Fayette County. We're working on our 10th. And as y'all know, construction costs are lower than they've been in decades, right? Uh, it's, it's getting rough. I mean, I almost cry when I buy caulk. It's, it's just getting rough. We're always looking for more funding, not only to continue doing what we've traditionally done, but we're growing our organization as well. We started a repair program. We just completed our second repair project in Schulenburg. That's where we go in and work with someone who already owns a home that, that isn't necessarily a good candidate for us building a brand new one from the ground up. Our first client was a 98-year-old single woman who just, she was living in the house her parents had purchased when they moved to Fayette County. Hadn't been repaired in years. We were able to go in with about 15, 20 guys, and I mean, that whole block looks different now because there's a fresh painted house, new siding, new windows. It's been insulated, so her cost of living monthly's gone down. Uh, we happened to be there when the freeze came through, so it busted all their pipes. We were able to scurry under there the next day and get things set up. I think our biggest uh, draw here in the county and, and our kind of pat on the back is we generate a lot of property tax revenue, which is good in the long run. We go in and find underutilized lots or underutilized parts of town that folks really aren't that interested in coming and building a new home in. And we're able to infill those lots with a household instead of it just being an empty lot. And we're just working on continuing that. Our next home is gonna be in the Hope Hill subdivision this year here in LaGrange. Uh, it's gonna be the biggest house we've ever built as a five-member five family. And y'all supported us for years now. We just hope you continue to support us, and I'd love to answer any, any questions y'all have about Habitat and what we do here in the county. When the last time you came here, you had a, a whole packet of stuff you gave us about uh, a little development you were trying to do here in the Grange. You said you were trying to go a different direction with the funds and everything to so where you're going to build this little community for the elderly people. The, and the senior housing, it's back to the construction costs. Uh, that number almost doubled once COVID and everything kind of really laid out and things went up. We've actually raised about 15% of the funding overall that we're looking to do for that project, and we just continue raising money. Our goal with any project is to not break ground until we have about 75% of the cash on hand. 
just because we don't, we don't want to be known as that project that got stuck in development down the road. Um, and usually at that, at that percentage point, we're able to use the, the marketing of the project going itself to get those final funds. So basically, we're just still fundraising. Um, and another big part, because that is aimed at seniors and folks with mobility issues, we don't really just want to have a sidewalk halfway finished where a house should be that suddenly has a, a fall hazard or something of that nature. But we're still actively raising funds for that project. We've got, a, I think, about 140000 set aside so far sitting in a, a CD, basically just getting interest because that's the best we can do with it right now. But we're working with Catholic Charities of Central Texas uh, to try to get a large donation from them and just any organization we get our hands on. It's just unfortunately, it's a big project. Uh, it's a big price check, and so it's going to take us a little time to, to fully fund it. Well, I appreciate what you do for the county, and, and, and I think when you said that you take properties that are off the tax rolls and improve them, that means a lot. It, it works out really well, and, and not only from the financial side, but even the house we're working on now, we came in, we painted it, we freshened it up. And that does inspire the neighbors to suddenly go, well, man, that house next door to me looks really good now. And they end up cleaning their stuff up, which is less fire hazards, less safety hazards, less farmers running around. Sure. How a brush got hauled off. Sure. And it really does work out well when we get involved with the community. It, right. seems, it seems to revitalize the whole street right. whenever we are able to touch one house. Well, we're going to... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Does the, so how does... The, this is the one organization, after we do the budget every year, this is the one organization we get money to that I get the most calls on people complaining while we give y'all money. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> and so, and so they ask questions about you know if the if the local board if they're paid members or if the the, the upper management upper management y'all have if they're paid or can you explain to us how that works? I'm, I'm the sole paid employee for our affiliate. I'm the executive director, construction coordinator. Just you know how it is when you're you know it's no different than being a single business owner. When it happens, I'm the one that has to deal with it. None of the board members receive any compensation whatsoever. We do, um, to Habitat International, we pay an annual fee of about $2,000. Um, and really, I could say as much as I hate writing the check, they've got much more expensive lawyers than I do that, that can send me an annual, here's what's changed in the federal lending laws this year, and things of that nature. So it's, much as I hate writing checks that aren't for material, it's a good check to write. It gets me a lot of resources that I don't think we'd ever be able to utilize on our own. So then all the money you get stays here locally in Fayette yeah. County? It doesn't Every go anywhere else? No. And well, I, there's another, we, we send about a thousand years, we call it a tithe, and that's where we send a little bit of the money we've raised. Usually it's a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks, and we send that to another community to help support their efforts. Okay. Well, we appreciate what you do. We appreciate you being here today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we don't bring them nothing. <laughs> <laughs> one, of the, one of the biggest, uh, another thing that, that we didn't touch on, but if, if anyone gets a chance, the first Saturday of every month, uh, Habitat has a uh, wholesale shop very similar to like Second Chance in the Grange, but it's more based off of, which is also service in itself because a lot of people, they start projects at home and stuff and then all of a sudden they have, for them it's waste. A lot of times Habitat will take that in, resell it, sell it to people so it's, it's affordable and then they can use it on projects. It's less stuff going in the recycling center in landfills or yeah, getting thrown or burned or trashed. Uh, the repair program does have some criteria, uh, so it is geared toward folks who cannot otherwise afford to to fund that, which a lot of times is going to be somebody, you know, I mean, think kind of, we have a lot of elderly people. It's usually somebody who's elderly, uh, you know, their house has fallen in ill repair, they can't afford to do it. So that's another way we found to fit in to, to build volunteers, but also to continue to make an impact 
because there is no matter what because the fundraising is going to be timed between full home bills. So this is a way to continue services to, to impact our, our community in little, well, I say little ways, but it's, it's in a big way, uh, continuously throughout the year. How do you pick which homes, like the Schulenberg, some of the homes I've did it over the past years, how do you pick which homes? We do an open application, usually for about a month or two. Everybody sends in what they have. We do home visits. We just basically use a little matrix that we've designed to figure out who's the worst off. You know, it, it, it's terrible being 28 and living in a junky house, but it's even worse when you're 36 with two kids. And so that person's going to get a higher priority. Miss um, Rose was the first one we helped. Like I said, she was a, a single elderly woman. And then the, the one we just finishing up right now is a, a single mother, two daughters, takes care of her elderly mother. And the homeowner actually lost her leg about a year and a half ago to diabetes. So she's had issues with employment and things of that nature. So it was a, it was a very easy pick from our group that this is the house we need to do. And a lot of times, too, it just depends on the level of need. I've had some folks that want us to come and, and clean up some nice flooring for them. And it's like, that's really not what we do. Um, when Latanya called us, she had hired a sheetrocker to come in and fix her ceiling. He bought all the material, ran with the labor money, and left about 80 sheets of sheetrock on her back wall on a house built in the 40s. And by the time we got there, it sunk about two and a half feet into the ground. Luckily, it was built just junky enough that the wall actually separated from the floor joist so it didn't rip the whole building with it in hindsight you know who would have thought those little nails would end up serving a good purpose but i mean we, we had to go in there with a the skidster and pick the entire back of the house up she'd literally gotten stuck in her house in a wheelchair it was such a steep pitch that she couldn't roll herself out she had to get out of a wheelchair and crawl out and we can get you so. a copy of, i can give you a copy of that wood brick that we oh yeah absolutely we basically made that to try to have a Really a way that we're just not thinking, oh, I like this person, yeah. let's help them out. Yeah, well, that's, that's the same way we do our, our home selections. We actually have an entire committee that none of them are on the board, and they're the ones who go through and kind of do the same system to pick who does the home sure. part of it. I got you. Yeah. And the, the, I'll call it the thrift store, I mean, it's a great idea. You're doing something and you got a door, an old door, and you hate to throw it away because it's yeah. still good. Yeah. So it sits there, you never use it. Now you got something to give it to you. Yeah. So I will we'll welcome anyone to come volunteer at that, but if you come volunteer, you're probably going to end up buying something. Because yeah. I have not, I have lost money. I'm about $400. Well, Mr. Couch, we appreciate you being here. Thank we appreciate you, what you do, and thank you for coming here. Absolutely. Thank you all. We appreciate the support. Sure. All right, gentlemen, if we're not going to take a break, and I'd say we continue, right? Yes, sir. We're going to go to individual department heads, and the gentleman who was just talking as a board, as a, as a board member. The gentleman that was just talking as a board member of... All right, at this point, I'm going to tell all department heads that uh, we're going to start off with JP1, uh, Mr. Uh, Judge Hartman. But at this point, we're just going to have an open general discussion. Uh, no decisions will be made at this time. We just want to hear overall what you are requesting in your budget. So we will start with Judge Hartman on JP1. Okay, uh, out of, I submitted, uh, this was submitted June 6th originally, out of uh, respect to the public, I think it's probably most appropriate for me to just go ahead and, and read, uh, read this so everybody has the same information. 
so basically, extra, what, what I am requesting, uh, I'm requesting an additional full-time clerk position to replace my part-time assistant clerk. I'm going to brag on him for just a second. Brendan Gilbert, my current part-time clerk, will be leaving his position to begin law school at Texas Tech University. And hopefully we'll find his way back to Faith County one day. Given this positive transition, I believe now is the best time to explore this option. I'm requesting to replace his position with a full-time clerk who will serve in a dual-purpose role. This clerk's primary role will be to serve as Faith County's pre-trial pre service manager. This means they will manage pre-trial bond conditions set by all magistrates in Faith County. Basically, they'll manage bond conditions set by all four uh, JPs. Some bond condition, common bond conditions include ignition interlock devices, electronic monitoring, monitoring drug testing, substance abuse treatment, mental health supervision, GPS monitoring, and SCRAM devices, which is a continuous alcohol monitoring device. Having a point person to manage these conditions will improve the overall effectiveness of these conditions and ensure compliance by defendants. I believe this position will immediately improve the safety of Fayette County residents. I believe this is a worthy investment for the future of Fayette County. As technology and laws around bond continue to evolve, I, I believe there will be a continued focus on utilizing bond conditions. There's not enough of a caseload to justify pretrial services as a separate office or full-time position. Therefore, this clerk will serve also as, justice, as a justice court clerk. It's major advantage to someone uh, in these positions is to have someone available full-time for both of these functions. This is why I believe a dual position is the perfect solution. The position is based off a model that is util uh, utilized by Lee County. I've met with Judge Danita Smith, Lee County Precinct 4, and her clerk who serves in a similar position numerous times uh, to build this idea. I believe finding a proven model is the best guide when forming a new position. This position does have a financial, financial advantage worth considering. Uh, under Article 17441, uh, Section D, Code of Criminal Procedure, a magistrate may appoint a monitoring agency and set a fee of no more than $10 to go to that agency each month that verifies installation of an ignition interlock device or provides monitoring service. Collection of these fees can help, help offset the cost of this position. In closing, I believe this position is a worthwhile investment because it improves the overall safety and general welfare of Fayette County residents by better utilization and monitoring of pretrial bond conditions. So I'm happy to answer any specific questions about that. So if what I'm hearing you judge is you'd like to go from, a, you currently have one full-time, one part-time, yes. you'd like to go to two full-time. Yes, sir. And the, so just on, on current work duty, um, it, it works with the one full and one part-time but adding this extra dynamic of having someone to take over, monitor all, all bond conditions, that, that's also basically the, the trend. Uh, having one point person for all that will help because they can build. Uh, it's a lot of outside vendors so who do like the ignition interlock devices, uh, GPS monitoring, all that. If you have one person who's the point person, there's a lot more continuity, which just makes it uh, overall more successful. Sure. Have you spoken with the other JPs about yes. this position? Okay. Yes. Uh, and, and this person, so uh, they would monitor block conditions set by all, all four JPs. Okay. So it, it, it's an advantage to them as well, because they're not having to have either themselves or their stuff monitor those. 
Uh, also, just the, the way we uh, basically function is since I'm currently in the same building as the jail, it, it just kind of makes sense for that position to, I, I think, be with, with uh, my office. Sure. All right. Well, it make, your request makes sense, and we appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, Deborah from the airport. There you are. Yes. I am back in the corner of my usual spot. Um, so my request is for funding to repair the hump in the runway that we've known about for several years now. Um, multiple proposals were given last October. Uh, the highest was like 96,000, was about 66. I contacted uh, one of the companies this morning asking for a more updated uh, proposal on that since I know everything has gone up in price. Um, that went up about 15%, so the low price is about In other words, from the, from the previous year when you got an estimate, it's up 15% from that? From nine months ago. Okay, yes, from nine months ago, okay. Yes, so um, we have grant funding that we can use for this, which is a 50% match. Um, so if we spent 76000 we did have that back. Uh, after we pay the bills and turn our receipts for it. Um, until we get this runway hump fixed, we are not going to be able to use federal funds to do anything else at the airport. Our airside needs have to be met first, and this is part of the grant assurances that we signed up for when we received the previous federal funding. So as we sit here today, the lowest bid to fix that hump is 67, you said? Nine months ago now, it's about 76,000. 76, 76,000. So, okay. I mean, there's no need. I mean, you agree that this thing needs to get fixed now. No, we need uh, that. Uh, and okay. I mean, next year, the, the, the cost is going to be another 15. We see it. I mean, we're in the same business they are with the roof. The material's not going to go down anytime soon. So, if we wait another two years, we're matching it. We're going to, I mean, we're going to save money by pay, by paying it now instead of just inflation. We've the cost of it going up. We've already waited. We've too already long. waited. Yes. Um, but no, I, and I talked to Cindy and elaborate on this. But the best way to do it is to budget the whole entire amount and put in another one for income coming in for the ramp funds because we'll have to submit the whole check. Uh, I guess the question while we're on the same subject is when could we when could we theoretically start this process because we don't want to. I mean, we, you're going to have to go out for bid. I mean, a little research on getting the rent funding, how we do it, all this. All right. So, so when could we start going out for bid for it? I mean, ballpark. I, I, as soon as possible is what I would like. I don't really know what the time frame is going to be on that. Uh, sometimes these paving companies get really busy, and, the, and this is a small job for them. Uh, and they may have to work it into whenever it's more convenient for them to make it their way out here. Um, I mean, I wonder if we could go out for bid sometimes towards the end of the year, and but I mean, and then it's put a deadline okay. on when if they if the bid gets accepted, it has to be completed by such and such date because they're probably not going to want to do it in the dead of winter. No, uh, no. So no, no, maybe. We could, asphalt, yeah, so maybe we could get in line to be one of the first jobs, small jobs, before they start construction for the state of Texas. Yeah. <laughs> well, it must be completed by the start of June. That's plenty of time. Plenty of time, hey. Normally. Yeah. 
But I bet you, I mean, they could do it small and they could get it done before then too. Yeah. Just as long as not cold. Yeah. Okay, I think we're on the same page, Deborah. Let's let's kind of make that bump a priority, please. Yes. Okay. What else are we going to talk about today? I think Everything is routine from last year? Mm -hmm. yes. All right. Well, we appreciate you coming here, Deborah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, two departments, uh, Justice of the Peace Precinct 4 and the Recycling Center, Judge Zaplak. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Okay, so on Justin Peace Precinct 4, um, we spoke to So then you're going to take that money out of their budget and put it in a pause? Yes. That's what, that's what we have now switched on here. So, you're just, you're just so it's now, instead of the odd amount, it's 4060. But also, instead of all of the money coming out of JP4, some of it will come out of DPS. Right. 40 will come out of DPS and 60 will come out of JP4. Which I we pay for anyway. What was, what was the breakdown before? It was 60-40 before, but it just reversed. No, it was a weird number. Okay, yeah, I guess so, yeah. It was a very odd. Yeah, I don't know how. I got you. Okay, Judge Zappalak. I got a question. Yeah. Go ahead. So, the state of Texas has less money than Fayette County? <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I know you can't answer that question. No, I went back because I had the question that you have. Why are we paying for secretaries? Why are we paying for office supplies and printing supplies? At some point, there was a interlocal government agreement, I guess, with DPS that the county would start paying for a position for them and supplies. Mm -hmm. It was never signed. I turned it over to Blake. Come on, Blake. I don't know where we're at. <laughs> Are we starting a new contract with them because of the fact that now we've got the eight? They're supposed to, they're supposed to be working on an interlocal agreement. Okay. This has been working some time, which I mean the state of Texas doesn't move fast. Yeah. Uh, but that's for the new space yeah. they have because uh, they have an interlocal agreement right now. Let's see what range for where they're at. I mean, I'm not I'll saying anything bad about the I'll, troopers or anything, but I just think it's crappy. I, I would say that Commissioner Brosman brings up a good question and a good point and I see my friend back there uh, Chief Deputy Dovisky and I would say it like this that hell 20 years ago 30 years ago DPS didn't have any secretaries and one day the commissioner's court said let's give that person a secretary and they were paid by the county and then over the years it's kind of just uh, it's 
it's never been followed very well. You bring up an excellent point. The state has more money they ought to be paying for their own clerks. They have a pretty good surplus right Point now. taken, and I don't think anybody would argue with that. On the office supplies, from what I've heard, for them to get office supplies, it's not as simple as just going out and buying them. They would have to call Austin, order it in Austin, and drive all the way to Austin to pick it up. Yeah. And I did do that for the gloves we received, but not that time for the county. I went to Austin yeah. to get four boxes of gloves. That was it. A trip okay, well, Judge Zaplex, stay on top of that with the CBS. You want to talk about the uh, recycling, sir? Absolutely. So, uh, one thing that, okay, one thing that I am proposing is a full-time employee. Uh, like I spoke at the last commission's court, we've, we've tried to utilize the part-time employees uh, they, they serve a purpose, but with most of the part-time employees, they are uh, of a certain age and they visit the doctor more often for different things. And every day, my phone rings, who's not going to show up that day? So I'm pulling somebody from LaGrange, sending it to a different side, or calling one of the commissioners, can they fill in? So uh, the need is there for a full-time employee and, instead of... You know, I have 10, I have three part-time and seven full-time, sorry, vice versa. Three full-time and seven part-time. And uh, we've tried to increase the amount of hours for those part-time. That was what we were going to do last year. It didn't work. Uh, they have a, a schedule that they like and they don't want to get done. When you, so, get a, when you get a part-time employee, you get a part-time employee. Correct. And I had one last week that he went from uh, three days a week to two days a week. So he's going to be you know, 14 hours now, and it just, uh, the warrant is there to, uh, the need is there to warrant a second employee, uh, third, fourth full-time employee, just to cover the part-time. Sure. Because you can't tell them, well, I can't use you two days, I need you three. Well, they may just quit and won't have them at all. Absolutely. So you have to take what you can get at this point. <laughs> you know, I mean, what are you going to do? So that is the request I have. Other than that, if you look under, uh, I mentioned this last time, other disposal and solid waste disposal, uh, we just put some numbers there because of the uh, brush grinding uh, expense. And the, uh, so other disposal is 115,000. So I budgeted roughly 95,000 for brush grinding for 2024. And then the other expense is uh, chemical and paint And so that needs to be done twice a year. That's something that hasn't been done twice a year. Well, what if we tell the residents of Fayette County, starting this day, for six months, we're not going to take any brush? Just we won't take it. We, is we most of the brush locally, or is it like any, like say from my precinct, do you get? Do you get some from my precinct, or, is I, or am I too far out? No, I've seen when I used to go down two thirty-seven, you know, three times a week to the to the yards out there. Uh, I've seen chokers coming into the recycling from. What if I What if I decided that I was going to take brush at my location in Warrington? Would that Would that take Would that uh, be enough to impact anything? So permitted. Because I have a facility on that site. Uh, you're going to run into the same be, problem. Yeah, you're going to have the same thing happen here. But okay. hold, hold on a second. Let me stop a second. 
his response is that they're coming from, still from his precinct, right? They're coming from all over the county. It's but not outside the county. No, we, we cracked down on that quite a bit. Good. Uh, I'm not going to say it's 100 percent, you know, not out of the county, but uh, I think we we solved that problem. Isn't that old answer? No. <laughs> I mean, I'm just if saying. We open up a second one, and we don't have. To okay, let's go back to Mr. Burke here. What, what if we just tell him we, we can't afford it? It's just it costs us too much to take out brush. I just thought if each precinct what, what, what had, if we, if if a precinct had a place where we could we could collect a lot of this brush so it doesn't come to the recycle center, that would have to cut down on what you're taking in there. It almost just if it was already manned, it'd be fine. If you yeah. had to man it, you, then you're stuck with. I mean, I mean, what, what do you want to well, do? Well, out there, it'd be three days. Mm -hmm. What do we do with it? If Mr. Burson wants to be recognized. Is it unreasonable to keep raising the rates? No. No. I mean, we haven't raised the $5 truck rate ever. Yeah. If you have a truckload of brush, it's $5. We've raised the trailer 20, rates. 20 bucks. <laughs> just tell me. I mean, that's, that's, we're just thinking you don't keep increasing the rates until the brush stops coming or until yep. you can pay for it. Yeah. That's the only choice. I mean, you look at the price of the, the I mean, you don't make hardly anything on the mulch uh, on selling it, but the, the, the increased cost for the grinding has gone up. I mean, when I started, 10, 11 years ago, it was twenty some thousand dollars. Yeah. I mean, because to me, it seems like a lot of this is coming from these these contractors that go trim trees and so forth. And if I had a location out there, an old abandoned gravel pit, and they would tell me, "Hey, Luke, I took two loads out there. I owe you for them too, or something," you know. And and then once a year, I push it up with my dozer and burn it mm -hmm. in the wintertime. I, you know, it would be a big, it would take a big load off of that. I mean, if we all would. I know other counties do burn the Right. We just, yep. We're in that situation where we, we don't have the option. I mean, I have a gravel pit now to where we haul our brush to and pile it there, and then when the time is right, we, we dispose of it. Well, let, 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 let me say this that there's a lot of things to be discussed on this. I would say that I would like to propose that we push this and make it an agenda item. Maybe not necessarily next meeting, but in some future meeting, because it seems to me like a lot of good points have been made here, including Mr. Bernson. Just keep charging more money, and eventually you won't have the problem. Absolutely. I think if we put it in an open in a public session, that you might get some good feedback on that. Okay. That's good. Let, raising the price. Let's go back to your budget, uh, your thoughts on your budget, your request, so forth. Um, I don't have anything else out of the ordinary uh, down at the bottom on furniture and equipment. So uh, the trash compactor is, is proven savings for the county. That is my ultimate goal for you know Flatonia and Fayetteville. So I did budget one uh, used tra uh, trash compactor for whatever size you can do first um, in there. And then other than that, Thank you, Judge Zaplak. We appreciate you being here as always. Yes, sir. Paul, Paul, you have gone up many times on the commercial side. Yes. I mean, we, 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 I mean you, we've been trying, and you've done a good job. You've done we've all the work trying, trying to get it. And told so we have no choice to go up. And they, How much is the commercial side? Good. Well, depending on the size, I mean, we're about 150 on a 20 foot or a trailer. 
and we do try to. Our next, uh, we appreciate it, Judge. Yes, sir. Our next uh, department head is elections, Terry Hefner. Ms. Hefner? Thank Good morning, you. Commissioners. Good morning. Judge. Morning. Thank you for letting me be here. I don't really have much as far as the actual elections office. My budget is pretty much about the same. I think that we are to the point that we're going to need a new copier that I have added into that budget. And I'm always wanting storage shelves for our room so that we can get things up off the floor and store. And I think that I had uh, targeted to uh, maybe buy some additional storage shelves. Most of the things uh, <coughs> that I wanted to talk about today, let me just read through my list here real quick. Um, and usually on the copier, I've always been very lucky in the past because usually I let Cindy know that we're looking for a copier. We usually get an old one from someone that's bought a new one, and that always works real well with us. So if that happens for me again, then I won't need to purchase one. I'll just look out and get an old one that usually lasts us for several years. But we're paying a lot on fixing it right now. We're constantly calling someone to come fix it, and so that's one of the reasons I put that down. But I'm really here on behalf of actually the Meadows building today. And first and foremost, I want to let y'all know what a great workplace that has turned out to be for us. And I'd really like to thank Jason and his crew because the work that they did this last year on finishing out that building, it, it's just made it a brand new, bright, cheerful, uh, wonderful work environment. And they worked very hard to get it to that point. And I'd also like to thank Nikki Hidelka for the work he did on the floors because they he did a fantastic job. I wish they had done our side. I was very jealous of how they worked on that side. I wish they had been able to do our side. But it's a really nice facility. But there's if you were asking me the, 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 the final things that need to be done to that building to make it uh, to where it would be set for several years, number one is there's public bathrooms in there that need to be redone. One of the first things that created concern for me is that apparently there's a lot of graffiti in those bathrooms. We have young kids coming in there and there wasn't very pleasant graffiti. Well, that's paint and I think Stephen painted it, but it just really needs to come in and have new fixtures and paint. I think the floors and the tiles. It's got a lot of broken tiles. It's just, mm -hmm. okay. we, that's the only one we didn't touch. We yeah. did, there's two bathrooms. We did all the smaller restrooms, yeah. but those have, the partitions are all rusted. Yeah. The, the fixtures are terrible. The, I mean, there's some hand dryers that are stacked on top of each other. We don't really know why, yeah. but it, it just needs a gut job to yeah. start over. Yeah, and to me, that would be, if they're not very large areas, but they're, they would be for the public. They wouldn't be, they're really not staff bathrooms. They'd be for the public bathrooms. And secondly, um, is the, I had originally put an air conditioning unit on there because I, our side is fine, but on the other side, apparently they're having difficulties with their air conditioning. Well, Steven's been working with somebody, I don't remember who he's working with, Steven Speck, and they had determined, well, maybe we don't need it. Maybe it's just the registers and stuff. Well, then today when I was walking in, he made a comment to me that he thinks we might need an air conditioner. It's just something I don't really know the details about, but I think it would be worth talking to Stephen to see if that's something. And maybe it can last another year and it's something we could look at a year from now. But I do know that I think Jason and Stephen have been getting a lot of phone calls from DPS and from WIC about the temperature in their building. Our side, we're fine. Our registers and everything are good. It's really just on that one side of the building. And the other thing is to get that back parking lot paved. 
That's an ADA issue for me with voters. Voters are not expected to travel across gravel to get to a place to vote. So to me, I really need to get that parking lot paid so that ADA, we, uh, for ADA reasons, will be in compliance. And then to me, I'm done with that building. I think it'll be optimum. Uh, we love working there. We love the room we have. We love the neighbors we have. It's a, it's a wonderful working environment. It's the only things I see that need to be done. Let, let me say this to you, and I know you will, but when you come across that graffiti in the restrooms, please get Stephen there as soon as possible. He did already. He's already okay. painted it. Very but, good. And, you know, there's nothing to say that once we paint it, that it won't happen. Understood. You know, but we, when it we, does, get it yeah. taken care of right we, away. We've got some fun neighbors next door that keep us at our windows looking out quite a bit. But not, not Jason. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we watch them, too, you know. <laughs> Do you uh, have enough cameras there? Oh, yeah. Cameras? As far as from what I'm doing, yes. Now, those cameras really are only on my side of the building. There, there's none on really the side for DPS and WIC. So most of the cameras in that building are just in my area and on my, the external parts of the building that we can see. But the cameras have been really great. They've been, they're really good. And uh, I do think people are aware that they're there. We have one on the mailbox. You know, so we can always make sure that the mailbox is not being tampered We've looked into getting some more, but the price to add more, because you'd have to take it a whole other system, because we're going to get one for DPS to do their side yeah. uh, and get some mag locks. But I mean, even even Sergeant Banta said, no, it's too much money. I yeah. mean, it, was, it was very costly. Yeah. Is, the, is the parking lot, is that something I would try to tackle? What I would suggest is overplay the politics. Because, I mean, it, it, it would be everybody turning. It's I mean, it's not a straight shot. I mean, it'd be constantly turning. I mean, we have 18-wheelers going in there every day, over half of it. Uh, the square footage is 25,000 square feet for the whole thing in the back, which would do the, the back area where carts is, so would put them on back on level surface, uh, and then the driveway on, uh, on the far side of the building to go in, because that, that's just been gravel the whole yeah, time. Yeah, the east side. Which Ball block figure, it'd be about $56,000, mm -hmm. but it would last for a good while. The thing is, I mean, if it's, you don't want a chip seal, if somebody's out there walking or trying to push a wheelchair, you need hot mix surface, yeah. not just chip seal, I, I, I think. But, yeah. Well, we appreciate what you do, Terry. We appreciate you being here today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, what I've got down scheduled, it says, at noon, Sally and Scott Extension. Are they here? Uh, Cindy and Scott are them, but I can tell you what they are looking at. Okay. Um, if y'all were looking on section where it says extension service, they've got, and she gave me two more this morning, four different quotes on replacing the truck that they currently have. The truck that they currently have has over, I think she said 180,000 miles, and they're wary about taking it long distance. <coughs> Let me see. 
Well, let me, let me see if I got what they're telling you. What they're telling you is they want a new vehicle because their old vehicle has a lot of miles on it. Yes. Well, that doesn't, I mean, do they have problems with it? They don't have problems, but they, they do travel. I mean, this truck goes all over the state of Texas. I yeah. mean, it's not, uh, I, I am willing to buy that truck from them because, I mean, we need just a half-ton truck around here. It would be a lot safer. <clears throat> Yeah. Do they travel from different conventions? Um, I mean, in Joe, all the kids, kids around. They do the whole kids around. They went to Edna just the other day, and they had to get a van from somewhere to take because they took a load of kids to a camp, leadership camp in Edna. So they do travel a lot with it. Okay, so go I'm, ahead. You know. Go ahead, Cindy. And the other, you know, they're looking at the passenger. I think the ones that they were looking at were like four to seven passengers. I think she's trying to go for one that does have more passenger room, but not as the main thing that they're asking for. Sometime we're gonna have to think about replacing that van. That van is that thing's old. That's what they to end. She seemed to be fine with the van when I talked to her the other day about it because I was concerned with them getting like an enclave because I know they go pick up chickens and all that. She said, oh, no, we still got the van we can use for that. For and Harvey got a bunch of carts and vans. <laughs> <laughs> Buses. Yeah. Take them kids, right? Yeah. Those <laughs> cart vans with those chickens hanging out the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only thing that they really are asking extra for. Okay, so is everyone here of the four commissioners and Ms. Havelka and... Ms. Austin, are we clear on what the department heads and the in different entities have asked of us? I believe so, yes. In Not other words, we don't have a reason to ask anybody ever to come back or to clarify things. We, we know what's been asked for. Now, I have two. I have questions on. One was, uh, Angela was not able to be here, I guess, and she had some... Angela had to go, yes. yes she, she had some, if y'all will look at her, so we may come back to hers. I'm sure Josh knows about it. you want to ask him some questions, I'm sure he can answer. Did, did Ms. Hahn have anything uh, as far as her budget was concerned? I don't. She, so the two things that we have talked about, uh, as far as I wasn't prepared to speak on that. Uh, well, we know, we know you weren't, but but her, her department came up. So, um, the two things that her and I have spoken about, uh, so there's a thought that, so at the EMS station, and Commissioner Brew and I have spoken on this in the past, uh, the rear row of parking at the EMS station, so currently we have assets kind of spread all over. Uh, the old EMS station has a trailer parked in it. Okay, uh, hold on a second. So Commissioner Broom, are you wanting him to talk about the emergency management? Oh, you know, he can talk about whatever. He so wants. one of the yeah, one of the, yeah, yeah. he yeah. knows what Angela was asking. Yeah. Okay, so we're one talking. of the items in Angela's budget that there I'm specifically go. referencing is at our EMS station. I got you. The rear row of parking. I got We you. have some assets used for emergency response that are stored in other buildings around the county. Angela and I have talked a lot because that's where she's officing now. I got you. About covering that rear row of parking with a metal kind of pole barn type structure um, to move some of those assets back there and to be able to protect those assets from the elements and the uh, side benefit to that would be if the EOC is in use there would be a place where people could park their vehicles out of the elements uh, vis-a-vis hurricane tornado hail you know whatever I understand um, 
That was one of the items. The other ones was the, the radios. radios for the sheriff's office. So we've identified, and I think uh, Chief Deputy Navisky and Angel have spoken about this already. So we've identified that this P25 deadline is approaching. Uh, we are all believing that they are going to push this deadline back a year, uh, but no one has said that. Uh, when that happens, these 900 radios that we're predominantly using, at the, sh the sheriff's office is predominantly using, uh, are all going to be obsolete and we're not going to be able to use them on the system. Um, so Angela's budget in the emergency management budget uh, for 10 radios, and I believe the sheriff has <coughs> intentions to put some in there. Some also just start replacing them, but I think the year's end of 25. It's supposed so to be end of 2025. Um, a little at a time. Yeah, and this is just another unfunded mandate that was kind of shut down our throats. Uh, How many radios does the sheriff department have, roughly? Every vehicle and every person. So you're looking at, you're probably going to look at around 40 total, just guessing, counting the jail, counting the jail, and the jailers, and the cars that were used to transport inmates around. And y'all, the EMS was gotten through the grant. So we've done most of ours already. So um, we did the grant didn't have a ton of room in it. Um, so we didn't replace all of our mobiles. But all of our all of the radios that our crews carry on their person um, have all been replaced, uh, and we have some spares. The uh, the radios and the ambulances a little less expensive. And I mean, when you talk about a mobile radio and a vehicle, you're talking, you know. $7,000 for the portable, $6,000 for the, the vehicle mounted one. Uh, so they're very, they're ridiculously expensive assets. Uh, and uh, so we've done, we've done the grant route for most of our work, uh, that grant for the countywide. So six fire departments, five fire departments and EMS, what was it? Yeah. Five fire departments and EMS, six fire departments and EMS. That, that $960,000 uh, grant that we were awarded allowed us to do a lot of groundwork in getting ahead of this P25 project. Um, she has put some stuff in there for travel and training to attend the emergency management conference. Uh, that's kind of an invaluable deal. Uh, About the only one else she had on there that we don't have a figure for and she's kind of questioning is going on with security for the facilities, the courthouse and the other surrounding associated buildings. There's not a dollar amount in there. We didn't know we were needing to look at next year, put some in the budget, and if so, what we kind of wanted to I thought the ship, I thought, wasn't the Sheriff's Department taking that over? Instead of the EMC uh, dealing with the courthouse security, there's right now, what we do is we got an office out where the constables do it on. We're, we're up at doing the bailiffing for all the courts, and there's a lot of them. And the constables are doing security coming in the door. We do have an office down that deputies are going to start going in and out of and doing reports. They won't be there all day long, but they'll come and go if they can do reports and stuff. But the, yeah. money, but the money that was in emergency management for courthouse security. Wouldn't that need to be moved to y'all department? And so if y'all need something, y'all can purchase things. I, I don't feel that's. I don't feel I don't that. that uh, and I think what she's talking about, just to interject here, 
I don't think she's talking about courthouse security. I think she's talking about cameras. I think she's talking about county yeah. facilities that don't have access control or don't have camera systems yeah. starting to plan to harden some oh, of these counties. Right. Yeah. Do you have a separate fund called courthouse security? And that is where we have a personnel under courthouse security. Right. There is some income that does come into that, and it's not enough. We always have to uh, supplement that. If that's where we want to move, which I personally feel like that's where it should be, because it is courthouse security and associate, and I can make that associated buildings to where we put in there line items for items we need, like cameras, whatever we're looking at. Right. We can move that there. It just we then need to decide a dollar amount to start looking. Josh, is there anything else under the emergency management that you wanted to bring up? I mean, did Angela asked you to bring Y'all don't tell Angela if I, if I butchered this for her. So, <laughs> I, I, that's, that's really... When I, when, I leave, when I leave here today, I'm going to call her and say you blew it. Okay, <laughs> okay good. <laughs> it's a good shot. You just have a better representative. Hopefully the newspapers will, uh, will get it all, will, will get me crucified uh, well enough. Well, thank you, Josh. All right, Jason, Jason, on the... Some of the you know the covered parking back there you know when we originally built that we were going to do some of that but it was just a matter of the money and then it kind of the contractor didn't really work out so i mean there was always been kind of a plan yeah. to get some of that done it's just that at the time we were trying you know to stay well, in budget and not do and we were hoping to do some of that at some point and maybe it's it gets to that point the other things is when there's a large storm you know that's coming with baseball sized hail all the people that work there, their vehicles are sitting outside just getting pounded. Uh, we could, if we know it's coming, we brought them over to my shop, put them inside just to have them covered. But I mean, it, it's it's security for the crew's vehicle, their personal property. I mean, the trailer that's there, the the UGE. Uh, I mean, when ambulances are being maintained and they're brought up here for whatever reason, it's cheapest for us to have our ambulances worked on when they're under warranty service, or uh, it's cheapest it's cheapest for us to have them worked on in the range. Because they're coming from Maynard, um, and the quote that we received, I think she had like forty thousand, forty-five thousand in the in the request. We received the quote this week at forty-five thousand eight hundred dollars for the the whole length of that back parking lot, twenty-five feet deep spaces. Uh, is is the quote that we've been given for? Okay, thank you again, Josh, on behalf of Angela, uh, Miss Havelka. It's my understanding that between you and Ms. Vogel, we are going to uh, have a discussion here. Are you requesting a discussion about uh, increases? Go ahead and tell us what's on your I, mind, please. I have one more, though, before we okay. Sure. That. I just got Peggy's budget in this past week. Okay. Um, and the only thing she has, and I haven't had a chance to ask her, but she's putting uh, on there needing um, furniture for downstairs office. Um, I'm just trying to check, are they moving more, um, or she's talking about desk, what is she, is she getting an office downstairs too that, well, we're gonna need to do any fixing, I'm just okay, gonna, I can call Of course, please so, do. Um, originally when there were some discussions about the tax assessor collector's office, leaving and then um, elections had left as well so district clerk has that area and then she needed peggy had requested 
in the movie that she get an area somewhere downstairs for some additional uh, file cabinets and different things. So we had talked about doing one of the offices from the tax assessor's area. Um, so I, I think that that is still okay plan if that's what y'all would like to do. Well, this because is about the does, furniture. That's first I hear of it. Yeah, I didn't know about furniture, but um, I was assuming it was just uh, file cabinets or different things, storage, but um, maybe I she would, has some additional plans. I would say, Ms. Avelka, between you and Ms. Shupak and Ms. Austin, you can figure out, or she can figure out, I'm talking about she being Ms. Shupak, and figure out what she requesting, and then she asked the court to about that, please. One thing that I've just when talking to Cindy about this, should we think about at some point building a storage facility just for files? Because we're increasingly taking up office space that could be, I mean, there's a whole office downstairs that's not the file cabinets. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, we got the coop over there. Could we build something like over by Sacred Heart on the old helipad that's not being used anymore and put a metal building, climate control, secure, just for sure, just a little further away, but I mean, we're getting to the point where we're going to need some storage space. But just something to think about. We don't have to do it this year, but we may have to. Yeah. Right. At some point, we may have to start. I'd rather see more deputies in that office or other personnel or somebody in an office instead of just storage and just stuff piling up in there. I'm, I'm saying this, and I don't know how often that, that any of these files are accessed on, at the adult probation downstairs. I, I don't know the answer to that. It may not be feasible to do that, but just a thought. Right. Miss Garrett, it's not that we don't want to see you. <laughs> but you are, as Hank Williams would say, you're just in time to be too late. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We've, co we've covered your request. I think Cindy has, has, has mentioned everything, so we're cognizant of that, and we will consider all of your requests. Okay, I've got a last-minute one also. Oh. Can she give you the... Uh, I'm not sure that you got this morning. Yeah, I sent you the, the, and then he sent that last one. Just okay, I don't have the last. Look, I have this thing you had this morning, and then this one he sent this morning. Okay, too. no, okay, because I sent you a note. Okay. No, what is your last one, Miss Garrett? So. What is the last one? And that was on uh, the suburban. Okay. Yes, oh, we, oh, did, we, we did. We did discuss it. Yes, ma'am. Well, I turned it over. Yeah. <coughs> it's like six pages. And we appreciate what okay. you do, and so thank you for being here. Yeah, but we didn't know. No, we, no, no. Yeah, we, we said. Yeah, consideration. Okay, you've got all the. Yes, ma'am. We do. Thank you very much. We're going to consider well, thank it. Thank you for getting me out of 4-H record of judging. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Miss Avelka, did you want to approach that subject now about the uh, uh, employees, elected officials? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Thank you. Yes, So this sheet has 2022, 2023, and then as we move into 2024, just some projections. So this is working with a 5% increase in salaries. So yeah. 2024 is plugged in with 5%. The only thing will not be the restaurant. I did do 5% with them. It shows I don't have a full breakdown. So I guess what I, what I would like clarification on is that we should move forward with plugging in, that that's a good number to work with and to plug in. 
just it, it, it's kind of takes a little bit of time to change that number yeah um, before we proceed I want to make it clear to the public and to the media mr. Balin this is a preliminary discussion and you have to have you have to start somewhere to yes. have a discussion so proceed please so that that is for the clarification <coughs> I was needing we have in the the ones who have already presented today those are the numbers that we worked with in their salary line items um, and retirement and, and all the all the things that come with payroll uh, works with that five percent so if something else wants to be looked at we just would like that number um, sooner than later so we can see what that looks like and there is some suggestion of possibly because i know that i'm hearing from both the sheriff's department and the ems that it's very hard for them to get personnel that maybe we can probably try and plug in a seven percent for them on the sheriff we have gone back and looked at the fact of adding instead of just 80 hours a week for their um deputies we did the 86 hours a week because the majority of them that is what they work and in the past that has not been budgeted that way and that is what they're allowed to work until they move into an overtime status so so am i clear you're you're saying you you will figure this on 86 hours and not 80. yes and we okay. that is actually already in here so their budget if you were to take last year's so this year it's not a not a nice five percent it's, it's increased from that after talking with other counties and their, their start rates for deputies they have always been using that 86 rule and we've always been using 80. Mm, so it, that's interesting, it makes yeah. us look drastically lower sure. because we're not working with accurate numbers so moving forward to me this almost has to be done because we're paying money outside of our budget every year because they're working does the sheriff and the chief deputy are, are they aware of what you just said that in years past other counties had, we've had a conversation okay so you understand in past yeah. budgets we really the county really have had an unfair advantage comparing because we use 80 hours other counties use 86. We understand very much. okay <laughs> well, I, that is, I think you very well got that yes sir mr Berman. <laughs> curious so you budget 86 hours is that a rough estimate of what we think their overtime is no that's, no that's just straight hours um they don't move into overtime until past 86. so we weren't even budgeting for 86 we were just at 80 so every year they were continuously getting that six additional it, hours it has to deal with they don't work fair, on a 40 hour work week. fair yeah. labor standards don't they allow for firefighters and, and police officers to be paid overtime based on a 40 Four hour or 42 hour work week rather than a 40 hour work week. So it's, it's average over two weeks rather than one. Oh, my question is, is are they getting that much over? I mean, are they getting a lot yes. of Yeah, that's their minimum. They they trend, you know, it kind of fluctuates through the year, but 86 hours, 84 hours, 85 hours. So and that's still not budgeted in here because we're only budgeting for 86 hours. We, we were only budgeting for 80 now we're but i mean this year will be 86 yes. so this year's budget for 86 hours but they're still a long way past that no no not necessarily um we don't have a clear overtime payout at this point in the year um but i'll say overtime has, has been really limited this year uh so it's it's really this will cover if someone's working a 82 hour week and some are working 86 this little bit of extra will give them room to, to capture that overtime that hasn't been calculated before which i will say i have spoke 
uh, very uh, recently with the sheriff and lieutenant, and uh, I know they have cut back on their overtime. Absolutely. A and lot. The, and they're short, so it, it's really. Yeah, well, they're it's, short, I think. What is it? Four down? Two. 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 We are four down, two in the, two in the jail and That's two in the oh, deputies. It's all over, yes. But this new figuring gives a better projection. Gives a better projection, and it also applies to jailers. Right. So it's jailers and deputies that have the. Has been happening in the past. It has How's the dispatch go? Chief, is it better now? It's uh, we finally got well, uh, our last person that's getting trained right now. We just get so we're full in dispatch. That's good. Which the sheriff <laughs> is up. Come up on the 27th to talk about their budget. Right. Uh, and one I, I of the things is they wanted to try and budget uh, for any overtime too. Yeah, I, I was just going to say let's let's don't talk too much about the sheriff and the EMS because we're going to have that all hashed out on on July 27th, I think. We just didn't know if y'all wanted to, us to kind of give y'all another play with some other figures for them too or not. Well, if you feel it's we you sh we should have knowledge of that, we don't want to not have it if, we, if you think we need it. Are y'all looking at these figures pretty much wanting us to kind of implement the 5% and put it in on the budget and see where we're looking at. If we do it at 5% and we get to the point where we do advertise it and we see we cannot do the 5%, we can always go down. We cannot go up. On elected officials. On elected officials. Once you advertise whatever's advertised in the newspaper for elected officials, you cannot go over that. Yeah, but I don't think anybody here is thinking we're going to have a preliminary discussion, and to have that preliminary discussion, we need to get that figure from you so that we can have the preliminary discussion. So I don't see us anywhere near talking about going publicizing this. We're just going to have a discussion about this, but we can't have the discussion without your input. Okay. So you're going to do the fives and then the sevens for EMS and Sheriff? Well, yes. I would say so. Sounds <clears throat> right. Yes, we'll have that ready for the next week. Okay. We'll have a better idea. Very good. And uh, Mr. Novisky, we plan to see you and Mr. Van Deaver on the 27th. He can go first. We'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all don't have to come. Here we are. We'll have a nice quiet meeting. I make a motion. We adjourn the meeting. We skipped over what? We have to We're still on 23. I move we accept all comments on the budget workshop. Okay. Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. Okay. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. You're aye. saying now we're entertaining? Now. <laughs> Commissioner Starnado moves to adjourn. Yes. I'll okay. second it. Thank you. All in favor? Aye. aye. aye.